Gunline, gunline. That fucking cunt scared the shit out of me again. Gunline, gunline, gunline. Fire mission coming down, y'all. I'm your host, Lopez, and you're listening to the On the Gunline podcast, episode number 262. And, uh, Welcome, 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 y'all. I got Hunt here, the old co-host with the most, with the beautiful fucking... Man, I, I ain't lying. I, it's been a journey seeing that hair growing and... The luscious locks, let me... Uh, bro, that shit... These are times I wish I was black. So I could grow hair <laughs> like that, man. No, so I'm actually about to get them dyed. I'm going to get oh. not all of them. So mm-hmm. not all of them. I know you probably don't know who King Vaughn is, but like I like the way he had his shit. Okay. So not all of his locks were were dyed like blonde from the okay. root to the end, but I'm gonna have those same like little things with every so many of them. And since you know the school I'm going to, they had their services over there, and they they need models. I volunteered. I was like, hey, listen, just so so many, just dye them blonde. So when I get them a two strand twist, yeah, she's gonna be looking. Dope. Plus with the whole new addition to the face. Ah, uh, no, man, I saw that <laughs> shit. Motherfuckers culturally appropriating everything. Uh, culturally appropriating, here. uh, culturally appropriating, uh, basic white bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna start motherfucking drinking some goddamn pumpkin spice lattes so, next? So I'm gonna start drinking some fucking white claw. There you go. Hey, no law, white claw, baby. Hey, I heard that shit's pretty good too, man. Hey, thanks for being here with me today, brother. I know the weekends is tough for us. You know, we all got things to do, but I do appreciate it. We were hoping to have another, uh, another visitor here with us today unfortunately i guess you know logistically wasn't able to make it if he does make it on cool because i think this was going to be a minute hopefully you got time i got a couple of things on my head that i want to discuss and um you know i i like bouncing my ideas off with you uh because you know you give me different perspectives sometimes that i can think about and like i always said man we're not here to change each other's minds but maybe somebody who's listening get something from it and make that mind but there's also times that you know you make me see things from a different perspective then like oh you know what i think about it like that uh so but first things first i do want to call out uh my squad on call of duty uh pink flamingo 77 (laughs) uh motherfucking mayhem mad top and e-rock yo y'all y'all shoulders are fucking strong carrying this guy right here i appreciate y'all man um y'all know that i'm I'm basically when we play TDM, which is Team Deathmatch. I'm basically that guy that goes out there to get killed to expose where everybody else is. So they <laughs> killed. The sacrificial lamb. There you go, bro. I am the sacrificial you're lamb. The, you're the scapegoat that the the, the Israel Hebrew lights had to put their hands on. This wow, <laughs> bro. I swear to God, I get my ass killed. So I better <laughs> take three steps and I'm dead. Like, what the fuck? I swear to God, these motherfuckers got cheat codes. I don't know how it works, but I keep getting my ass murked. Maybe I need to hardwire instead of go off of Wi-Fi. I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I'm getting tired of playing like ass. But what sucks is when I play, you know, free for all, I'm good because I, I'm, you know, top three. Maybe mm-hmm. at the lowest will be fifth. But that's because I ain't looking for a little fucking green dot or blue dot to see if that's my teammate. You, you know, know for everybody, like, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. But on this one, on Team Deathmatch or Rank Play, you know, I got to stop, pause, make sure I don't kill them up. By that time, I'm dead. You know what I mean? You must be playing hardcore because if you don't, oh, if yeah. you're playing hardcore, yeah, no, I just play regular Team Deathmatch. So if I shoot them motherfuckers, they just shot. Ain't shit happening. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I everybody, it. everybody getting it coming through this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Play- fuck you. <laughs> fuck friendly fry everybody no, I, I do hardcore i do hardcore but what i hate about hardcore now is that it used to be one shot one kill 
Now I shoot a motherfucker like 60 times with a motherfucking uh, 249. And it just shows hit markers. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I know you ain't with that basic ass white girl frappuccino. <laughs> a latte. Yes, yes I am. <laughs> I'm culturally shit. appropriating too. <laughs> it's a nice coffee, all right? <laughs> Holy fucking shit. Hey man, we gotta we gotta get this shit started on the right. Man. And listeners, yeah. thank y'all for being here. I hope we're getting y'all day all smiling. We're gonna go ahead and move on next to uh to some things I want to talk about. Uh, first things first. Yesterday, Hunt, during your live, you did something that inspired me. Um, you know, there was a first sergeant that we once had who legend says would recite this every morning in the shower, you know, prior to going to work when he woke up. And that's the creed of the non-commissioned officer. All right. Legend says... That while you're in the shower, sometimes if you're very quiet, you can still hear First Sergeant <laughs> Brenton of MB reciting the NCO Creed. <laughs> yeah, so, of OMB reciting the Creed. <laughs> yes, sir. And um, so the reason I want to do this is because I, as I've been watching TikTok lately, I think a lot of these non-commissioned officers are forgetting that creed, or they don't have to recite it anymore. You you know. Know, I, I'm glad you said this because, and I hate to take this over, but I'm oh, you got passionate it. about this. I am not, like you said, you know, I'm not a vet bro by any stretch of the imagination. I, I got it. I'm out and, you know, I live my own personal life, but semicolon, however, comma, that shit, I don't know if it's just because of the NCOs that I had when I was at Fort Campbell or, you know, first with 277. And I know people be like, oh, let it go, let it go, let it go. But no, man, like I bought in heart and soul to what that was supposed to be. And I got it. I, I'm not saying that I was fucking Audie Murphy out this bitch. I'm not saying that I was a perfect non-commissioned officer. I fucked up a lot, mm -hmm. but I still respect what the core is supposed to be, especially when it says that at all times I will conduct myself so as to bring credit upon the core of the military service and my country, regardless of the situation in which I find myself. And this is what sucks because the non-commissioned officers are the biggest violators of certain fucking shit. The biggest violators of Sharp, the biggest violators of EO, the biggest violators of the bullshit going on now on TikTok. You do not see the commissioned officers conducting themselves the way that the non-commissioned officers conduct themselves. And it's just the United States Army. I don't mm -hmm. see this shit when it comes to the Air Force, the Navy, the Marines, Call the it. fucking the Coast Guards of the galaxy. I don't see this shit, bro. You called it uh, and you, you hit the nail on the head right motherfucking there. Um, one, I will say I'll disagree with you on one part. I've seen Air Force chiming in. I've seen uh, sailors here and there chime in. But yeah, Army and Air, um, Army is by far the biggest. The jarheads will not. That one, if that's one thing they have is pride in their fucking core. You know what I mean? They, they have pride. And if they do say something, they're not in fucking uniform. You know what I mean? And uh, but we're going to we're going to step into this creed of the not commissioned officer real quick. And I'm going to go ahead and recite this for y'all. For those that uh, have never heard this. Uh, give me one second. You all right? Mm -hmm. Oh, OK. So um. Anytime that you become a, a non-commissioned officer, when you're inducted, not indoctrinated, when you're inducted into the Corps of Non-Commissioned Officers, uh, you're given a piece of paper, which has our creed on it. Now, when you're a specialist in, or a high-speed PFC, 
and uh, you're trying to become a non-commissioned officer, not just a stripe wearing piece of shit, but when you want to be an actual fucking non-commissioned officer, you start reciting this to learn it. All right. And there's three letters to it because it's three paragraphs. And that's N-C-O. That's correct. Three stanzas. So the creed of the non-commissioned officer goes like this. No one is more professional than I. I am a non-commissioned officer, a leader of soldiers. As a non-commissioned officer, I realize that I am a member of a time-honored corps, which is known as the backbone of the Army. I am proud of the corps of non-commissioned officers and would all, all times conduct myself so as to bring credit upon the corps, the military service, and my country, regardless of the situation in which I find myself. I will not use my grade or position to attain pleasure, profit, or personal safety. Competence is my watchword. My two basic responsibilities will always be uppermost on my mind. Accomplishment of my mission and the welfare of my soldiers. I will strive to remain tactically and technically proficient. I am aware of my role as a non-commissioned officer. I will fulfill my responsibilities inherent in that role. All soldiers are entitled to outstanding leadership. I will provide that leadership. I know my soldiers and I will place their needs above my own. I will communicate consistently with my soldiers and never leave them uninformed. I will be fair and impartial when recommending both reward and punishment. Officers of my unit will have the maximum time, I'm sorry, will have maximum time to accomplish their duties. They will not have to accomplish mine. I will earn the respect and confidence as well as that of my soldiers. I will be loyal. You hear that? Loyal to those with whom I serve, seniors, peers, and subordinates alike. I will exercise initiative in the absence of orders. I will not, I will not compromise my integrity nor my moral courage. I will not forget, nor will I allow my comrades to forget that we are professionals, non-commissioned officers, leaders. You know what's so striking about that? Hmm. The word we hmm. only appears in there once. That's the end, because the majority of that is talking about what I'm going to do, not only for the core, but my soldiers. Mm -hmm. But the last part, when it says we, that's the thing that brings everybody together and has to be the, the bond that lets us know we're in this together. Yes. But individually, it's I'm doing this for the core. I'm doing this for my soldiers. I am placing their needs. Everybody else is above my own. Mm -hmm. But the last thing that I'm going to say before I close this out is we, as a non-commissioned officer corps, we are not going to forget. Because we. This is the only true. time we is in it. When we wrap, when the, when the creed is wrapped up and it says, hey, listen, so now that I told you what I'm going to do for my soldiers, now we're saying what we are going to do as a collective. And they don't take the pride and understand the pride in this man and it's fucking yeah. frustrating 
you know, it, it's a trip that you say that because here's the thing. I, I agree with you 100%. As far as like, when you're out there, you're not just representing yourself. All right. You're representing all fucking NCOs. And if you act like a garbage NCO, garbage in, garbage out, baby. You know what I'm saying? Now, we all know that there were some NCOs out there that were just stripe wearers. They just cared about the motherfucking pay and they didn't give a fuck about anything else. There's three. Three. Break it down. And I, I, I take this lesson. I take this lesson because I learned this from the 277 days. You have the pay grade. I'm only worried about the money. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm worried about is the fucking money from the time. That's why you have motherfuckers that do not want to be a corporal because you want the money that comes with the responsibility. That's number one. The E4 corporal through E9, they only want the money. You have the NCO. The NCO is the one that's worried about being buddy-buddy, being too lackadaisical. You're not, you're an NCO, a.k.a. the strike wearer. Mm-hmm. But the non-commissioned officer is the one that's going to be fair and impartial. The one non-commissioned officer is the one that's going to know that I separate myself, my personal life, from that of the soldiers. The non-commissioned officer understands that, yeah, I can have a social media. Soldiers don't need to know my social media. Soldiers don't need to know what sergeant, staff sergeant, sergeant first class, master sergeant, so-and-so is like outside of this app. Other than if you see me doing things that are beneficial to the United States military mm-hmm. in uniform. Because I'm still that same person that you see working and everybody else sees the same person. But on a personal level, they don't need to see me anything else. They don't need to do that because now they're going to feel like they know me. They're going to feel like friends. I'm one of your boys. Now you're going to feel like I'm an NCO instead of a non-commissioned officer. You know, and 100% on that. You know, what's the trip is like these non-commissioned officers out there, these NCOs, these young buck fucking sergeants. I know when I was a young buck sergeant, you know, I, I was a little bit – um. I was trying too hard, you know, as, as, um, as I was a non-commissioned officer, I was trying too hard. I was out there, um, trying to be like what I thought a sergeant was supposed to be like, you know what I mean? But that's because, you know, just to try to make my separation between my, uh, my peers at the time and becoming an NCO, I, I thought that's what I had to do, you know, in order to get that separation going and with time. You know what I mean? Um, it it turned into something that was a little bit easier that I didn't have to be um an asshole all the time. You know what I mean? Uh, what I ended up do, what I did end up learning was um, I did end up learning to go in as an asshole. I guess you could say when I first got to another unit, if I got to another unit or to another section or whatever, another platoon or whatever, yes, I would always go in there. First thing I would do when I got to another unit, I would stand back. And I would see how everybody conducts themselves, how all the other NCOs conduct with their sections and all that within the platoon. Then what I would do is I would go ahead and, um, you know, once I got to my section, I was a pretty much hard motherfucker. I was was going in there as an asshole. You know, I didn't go in there like, I'm a fuck all you motherfuckers, blah, blah. That's not what I mean. What I went in there is like, all right, check this out. I'm your section chief. I don't like the spotlight on me. I want to make sure that this gets done, that gets done, that gets done. Just do what the fuck I tell you to do and we'll be all right. You know what I mean? And if things didn't get done the way I wanted them to, then things would not go right. But that was at the beginning because I had to set the tone from the get-go. One thing I learned through my time as an NCO was it's easier to go from being an asshole to then relaxing yourself 
than going all calm and relaxed and then trying to fucking um, hold the standard down hard, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So to me, it just, yeah. uh, no. to me, it's uh, leading with uh, iron fist with a velvet glove. All right. So uh, Walt Disney, by the way, said that. Um, so, yeah, man. And um, oh God, Disney. Hey, that's my man. Oh, did I just do that? <laughs> there goes this shit's gonna get demonetized. I'm just saying, yo, that man was cool. I was not doing a seek Heil or anything like that. <laughs> Anyways, um, but um, yeah, man, you know, I just trip out when I see this TikTok shit out here. Specifically, I saw that one that one uh young lady that you sent TikTok of. Um, she was a, a E5 of all things, and uh she was a sergeant and she was um talking about how, how can I put this? So this is, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, oh, you got but it. I Go sent ahead. you one. I sent you hers, but I don't mm-hmm. think I sent you the original content creator that she mm-hmm. was responding to because she was a Sergeant E5. So the the to give everybody a background, because I didn't even send you this thing, there was a Sergeant E5, she was a 92 Yankee, and then her fucking soldier. And they did this little TikTok talking about, like, it, it had a, sign, a sound to it. And then she wrote a caption talking about she don't care if the first sergeant's mad because they're not there or whatever. Now there's a famous, there's a there's a sergeant major on that app that corrects soldiers. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't, she just when I say she's hey, she gives them a warning and be like, hey, listen, this is violating this policy. You need to take this down. Boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. The sergeant major is a paralegal. So not only are you a paralegal, <laughs> familiar with the United States, UCMJ, mm-hmm. you're a whole ass major. Mm-hmm. And she does this. She she only gives warning. She's not an asshole about this. She was like, hey, take this down. This isn't cool. This isn't right. This is the policies you are violating. Correcting somebody. Correcting right. on the spot directions. And, and what happens is you have fucking soldiers. You have some staff sergeants who want to be buddy-buddy with motherfuckers. You have all the fucking sergeants. They're like, oh, she's wrong. This, that, and the third. This is why we don't like the army. Blah, blah, blah. You can't. Everybody wants to take shit serious. Blah, 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 blah. And then you have some of the staff sergeants and the senior leaders that are like, yo, she's warning y'all what the fuck's going on. Like, it's a warning. She's not She's not telling you, she's not throwing her rank around. She's like, hey, listen, man, this is a warning. You need to take this down because, like, even though I'm not coming at you sideways, somebody else can. Like, take this shit down. She is trying to save these non-commissioned officers' career, but they don't appreciate it. They don't expect that. They see... They see her doing this to just be a nagging, this, that, and third. And it's like, she's literally, she cares about soldiers mm. and non-commissioned officers. And she's just trying to save y'all. Because like another motherfucker said, everybody that's agreeing with you right now, when the shit hits the fan, they're not going to be standing with you on that red carpet. Exactly. They're not, they're not going to do that 45, 45, and 45. 45 days extra duty, 45 days restriction, having them heels locked. At 45 degree on that red carpet. Mm-hmm. These young NCOs mm-hmm. do not understand that, yes, from the time that you are a corporal E4 to the time that you are a Sergeant Major, you have the same authority. You have the same authority. You don't have the same sphere of influence, but you have the same authority. That corporal has the same authority that that Sergeant Major has. They do not have that same sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. People do not understand that. You know, um, like you said, I wanna, I'm going to bring this back a little bit to what you were saying about, you know, you don't see the officer corps doing this. 
you know, because the officer, you know, they know that they have a lot to lose. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, because they know that especially they're being, they're being um, under a microscope on their leadership. You know what I mean? They're fucking leaders. And one thing that you do wrong is going to fucking automatically just bring your leadership quality views down. You know what I'm saying? Think think of it as a Yelp review. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, and yeah, this Yelp, shit is hard. It, it is crazy to be an officer. The shit, the scrutiny that they have to go under. Mm-hmm. These NCOs are not taking Absolutely. their motherfucking jobs seriously. They're not. They don't understand that as a sergeant, you're there's gonna be a private that's looking at you like I want to be just like that motherfucker right there. All right. There's no bigger motherfucking influence on a young private than seeing stripes. That's why, you know, when you're in basic training, you you in, you are in awe of drill sergeants. You know what I mean? Because to me, that's like the epitome of a fucking soldier. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's so, staff sergeant. Ooh, that staff sergeant was it for me. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. give a fuck about no sergeant first class, no first sergeant. This staff sergeant, that motherfucker, staff sergeant Dinger, staff sergeant Fent, those were it. It was like, damn, man. Like, yeah, they, and then I got to my unit and I mm-hmm. seen Sergeant Cummins. I was like, Staff Sergeants, yeah, Sergeant Smoke Bowman was cool, but god damn, man, these goddamn Staff Sergeants, these motherfuckers right here, they the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like you were talking about yesterday, you know, you have your platoon daddy, you have your section daddy, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing, Hunt, here's the thing, motherfuckers blurred those lines out so much that they thought they could be friends. You know what I'm saying? They thought they could be friends, and that's where shit got fucking twisted. Because, like, okay, there was a pecking order once upon a time in a section. You know what I'm saying? If I wanted to talk to Chief, I got to talk to my gunner first. You know what I'm saying? And then for my gunner, then he'd go to the Chief. And then Chief would take it up to Smoke if it needed to go there. And from there, it'd go to First Sergeant if it needed to go there. You would never, never go talk to Smoke on your own. Ever. You know what I'm saying? You might say, what's up to Chief? You can talk with Chief. Chief's cool. But you ain't going above Chief. You know what I'm saying? God forbid you go talk to another Chief outside of your motherfucking section about some shit that you're going through. Because Chiefs are a tight fucking group of motherfuckers. I'm talking about section Chiefs. All right? And we we talked. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, there used to be a pecking order. Now there's not. Now motherfuckers be talking to first time like, what's up, Top? God forbid you went a first yeah. Britain like that back in my day. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was crazy, like at the time, but oh, Britain was kind of open, man. Like he he probably touched it. Like, yeah, I see the bar thing. Mm. But go ahead. Yeah, so Britain was actually kind of cool, man. Like mm-hmm. Britain was open to do it. But I think I don't know if it was just for the NCOs or, or or what. Even though I was a corporal at the time, but Britain was open. He may would have went and told, but he was still open. He wasn't gonna hold it against nobody because Britain actually cared about. He cared about soldiers. That motherfucker cared about soldiers. He, I'll give him that. Yes, he that did. motherfucker cared about motherfucking soldiers. Here's the thing. Huh? That motherfucker. I'm not gonna say too much shit, but when I say he cared about soldiers, I know motherfucking. I know shit that a lot of people don't know in that in that battery. When mm-hmm. I say he cared about soldiers. Him and motherfucking him and the the highest ranking, he he went to war mm. with somebody with 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 people over the mm. highest with the highest ranking motherfucker. And you know how he was. He went to war. I know personal stories. 
where he went to war with them behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. And here's the thing, man. I mean, he set the standard for all the rest of my first arts. You know, like, uh, it, I can name, I think I had pretty fair first arts all, all across the board. You know, none of them were what I would think. Well, there was one that I know that was incompetent as a shit. But um, he fucked around and got his supply sergeant pregnant, who happened to actually be married to uh, one of his soldiers. But anyways, I'm not going to leave that right there. We got one minute before I have to send out this new one. Um, we still good, right? Because we ain't even hit the tip of the yeah, iceberg. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Just waiting so, for Hunt to get back on here with his cheap ass track phone. Anyways, I'm gonna see if he wants to go ahead and do his TikTok live. Hey, y'all, if you guys have TikTok, do me a solid. Follow me on there. It's OTGL underscore podcast. OTGL underscore podcast. Oscar Tango Lima Golf underscore podcast. OTGL. Uh, that way I could get up to a thousand and I can start fucking finally going live. Um, but yeah, you know, as we're talking here about, you know, NCOs and, and that, that, that fucking app, you know, it reminds me of, of, um, one of the first lessons I learned as a corporal, uh, my fucking, uh, my section chief at the time was, uh, Stassar Aguayo, a uh, little short dude ears. He's from Texas. Um, here from San Anto, actually. Uh, he was my section chief. And, um, you know, one one thing he did, he chewed my ass out one day, you know, um, while we were in formation. I had done something stupid. I fucked up somewhere. And um, but he chewed my ass out. And um, then afterwards, you know, he pulled me aside. And he's like, hey, Lopez, I need to tell you something. man. My apologies for what I just did to you. What I did was wrong. I shouldn't have done that to you in front of the platoon. Um, not supposed to do that to other NCOs, you know, in front uh in front of the Joes, because you know, they end up losing respect or authority for you. So, you know, he taught me that and then he put me in my place and we discussed it. And but that was my first lesson as an NCO. And it came from somebody else's wrong, you know. But one thing I learned was to be humble. You know, I mean, that's something a lot of NCOs don't know how to do nowadays. That and also have your NCOs back, right, wrong, or indifferent. Have their back. You don't dog them in front of the other Joes. What you do is you um, what you do is you go ahead and explain to them. You know, uh, if you're gonna fucking chew their asses out, you chew them out away from the an audience that can see that happening. You know, and um, that's a lesson that I learned. And once Hunt gets back and he's on, which I see he's on, you good to go? Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, I was just uh, letting the, the peoples know, you know, one of the uh, first lessons I learned as an NCO, you know, the reason that this affects us so much is because we, we didn't just look at it as a duty position. All right. We took care of our fucking soldiers. You know, we and it, it was a thing like, yeah, it might seem sometimes like we're hovering over y'all, but it's only for your benefit. You know what I mean? And uh, so what I was saying was one of the first lessons I learned as a non-commissioned officer, I was a corporal at the time in Korea. And my chief at the time, my section chief, his name was uh, Sar Staff Sergeant Aguayo. And um, he fucking, he dogged me. I'm talking about he fucking, he made me look like a fool in front of the fucking platoon. All right. 
And then afterwards, he pulled me aside. He's like, hey, you know what, Lopez? What I did was incorrect, was wrong. I'm sorry. He apologized for what he did. And then he told me I shouldn't have done that shit in front of the Joes, in front of the platoon, you know, because it takes away from the authority. People start looking at you littler and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we had a conversation about the whole thing. And he said, next time, you know, I'll pull you to the side. I shouldn't have done it the way I did it. And I, that was one of the first lessons I learned. One, be humble because he was humble to go ahead and do that. You know what I mean? He didn't have to, you know, but he did. And then um, it taught me never to dog my NCOs in front of the Joes either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even my own fucking, my other fellow NCOs, like I was saying, right, wrong, or indifferent, you're going to have their fucking back. And then you'll take them to the side and talk to them like, hey, man, you fucking up. You fuck. <laughs> well, so, some things that are wrong, you can't have their back on. You have to call motherfuckers out on. Like, but yeah, I'm not you know what I'm talking it. about. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, do it in yeah. front of everybody unless it's like something blatant. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like blatant shit that is definitely going against you. Like what? Like what? I'm, yeah. I mean, you got to be talking some harsh shit. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like when you know that there is shit blatantly going on, mm-hmm. if you know that, if you see, because no one, no one, I don't care what it is. I understand how like times were back in the day. You see an NCO putting their hands on somebody, you'd be like, yo, you need to grab him up. You need to, well, I would say you need to break it up. You shouldn't just stand by and let it happen. You should break it I up. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in the middle and push them aside. And be like, it was going. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, but I'm I'm not gonna sit you here and dog lie that you. motherfucker out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you and say that I haven't seen situations where a certain soldier deserved to get his ass fucking beat by every goddamn NCO <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that was in that motherfucking room. I'm just yeah, I'm not gonna we're say the same. Yeah, if we're if we're thinking about the same person, but yeah, but. Uh, Here's the deal. Like, I, I, once again, I can't stress this enough. I used to be a fucking garbage ass non commissioned officer. I, I, no, no, no. I used to be a garbage ass E4 and E5. First of all, and I was no. struggling as an E6. No, no, no. I'm, no, 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 no. I, don't, I'm being don't, 100%. Don't put yourself fucking I was don't put yourself down. Don't put yourself fucking down because of what these fucking criteria, these motherfuckers are crybaby motherfuckers out here saying that, oh, they're so toxic. No, because I remember you as a fucking young corporal or a young sergeant will come out there with us when we were out there motherfucking doing guard and shit like that. And you would chill with us, shoot the shit with us. You wouldn't fucking work as hard as us, but you even fuck around and just spend time with us. You know what I'm saying? If you, dude, there's a fucking difference between a motherfucking leader that is there and a motherfucker that's leader by name only. All right, so don't don't put yourself down like that. There were plenty of motherfuckers out there that still were just strike wars. I know you were not one. I of know them. some too, but I still was not it. And I, I, I know, no, no, I was still garbage. No, I'm not. Don't, don't consider not yourself garbage. I'm talking about to. Man, your fucking audio's to the point where when, when before I got out, and even when I was in seal. And this motherfucker went on mute all of a sudden. I don't know what's wrong with his audio. Goddamn Obama track phone. It, 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 it has to be no. no I, I, it has to be my fucking shits because these are old as fuck. The, the, these the, my headphones are old as shit. It has to be them because it's only the audio. Oh, this motherfucker just turned into a chipmunk and oh, there you are. Can we hear you? Yeah. Ah, oh, look at them luscious locks. Yeah. Okay, I think we got you now. You know what you should have done? See if you can do this. Can you go live on your TikTok? 
and I'll try not to uh, get us kicked off like I did last time, because I do enjoy seeing, uh, you know, the reactions or listening to uh, some of the comments that come from there, especially with the next conversation we're going to be having, because the next thing I want to go ahead and talk about is uh, continuing along with the lines of being a non-commissioned officer in leadership. I want to continue with this conversation. We're going to move into the next topic, which I call favoritism and racism. Um, and this is going to go along the lines of that same young lady who was saying something about non-commissioned officers and, and people of color and don't think you're all uppity because you got rank on your chest or shit like that. And um, that one kind of struck a chord with me because, um, you know, how can I put this? Nine times out of ten, you're going to be judged on the caliber of your work, not on your skin color. All right. That's going to be nine times out of ten. And well, the reason I say nine times out of ten, is because, yes, there is still some motherfuckers out there that are racist. But I'm not going to say that there is only white people. That's a lot of things that people like to say that it's only white people. Nah, nah. Race, there's racism within every fucking race in the military. All right. I've seen it all. I done seen it where I know there's cliques of white folk of white folks that do not like black folks or any other. I know there's cliques of motherfucking black folk that hate the white man like a motherfucker. All right. And I know them Puerto Ricans are the worst, man. Mm. That Puerto Rican clique. And then Puerto Ricans, they make sure that only their Boricuas are the ones that are going on the motherfucking boards and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> believe you me, um, I know that it's there. It exists there thoroughly. And um, don't give me this bullshit that racism is only uh, by those that have power over you. No, shut the fuck up. Racism works in every... Don't give me that reverse racism. Racism is racism, goddammit. I know, I was an EO. And you know what? And so was he. So, anyways, I want to talk about that because um, you and Petty were having a conversation on the TikTok uh, regarding um, certain um, people being like uh, put in certain positions because of the race, you know, or in uh, the way I see it. I mean, it goes like that throughout every race, though. And that's why I think it's like a favoritism versus racism. Do you remember that conversation you and Petty were having? I think it was last week. Uh, not really, but this is what I'm gonna do, man. Like the very next time I do go live, mm -hmm. especially when I have a hundred plus people in that live, I just need you to pop up, and I'm going to demand that they follow you so you can hurry up, get your live access, and you can join in on these conversations, man. They ain't gonna. Nah, no, gonna no, 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 I, I do want you to join these conversations. Well, see the thing because, is, like, like, go ahead. The, the the thing is, like I said, man, no, I don't want everybody to agree with every fucking thing I say. Like, no, like I literally go into, quote unquote, opposition's lives so mm -hmm. I can talk to them. And we've been knowing each other for, what, 18 years now? Damn near 20 years, yeah, man. <laughs> Our friendship is legal of, is of legal age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, damn near two decades. We don't agree on shit. We go back and forth. Mm -hmm. Even on your platform, we go back and forth and we'll, we will not budge in certain things, but certain things we will say that I will split the baby with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just is what it is. I'd rather have people that I can talk to where I can be like, you know what? Um, I'll go ahead and split this baby. Yeah, yeah. But I'd rather hear somebody's opinion about some shit so I could possibly start looking at things at a different uh, perspective. A different way. Different, a different perspective, right? Different lenses. Because sometimes, you know, looking at it from the grass isn't always greener. 
You know, sometimes we romanticize shit. Sometimes we think shit because we want to think it that way, but it's not that way. Just because we think it's that way doesn't mean it really is that way. Is it really something uh, that is affecting or is it something just in our mind that we are making it bigger than it is? You know, and that's just in the grand scheme, big picture. You know, I'm not saying that it's not a big deal to us yeah, I'm from here to our 100 yards. But is it a 300-yard motherfucker? Anyway, in my mind, is making sense what I'm saying. But no, I mean, you know, we're having this conversation about, you know, uh, how certain people get put in certain positions or get promoted and da-da-da. And I was thinking, well, um, uh, there, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have gotten promoted just based on being black, you know? And um, I, I, that's what I wanted to say. Um, when y'all were talking about it, because we're talking about like centralized or DA centralized fucking, um, or, you know, just DOD selection boards, for example. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what y'all were talking about. And now y'all were saying how, you know, how, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, this is all shit that y'all were talking about on the TikToks, And it was along the lines of like, you know, certain, as y'all like to say, white tea. Anyways, certain people were- yeah, certain people were getting promoted ahead of others. And here's the thing. Um, the military is a big fucking organization. Okay? The majority of the organization is going to be a certain race, ethnicity. All right? So, yeah, when it comes down to promotions, it's going to seem that way because they're going to have more of that fucking bundle. All right? Here, uh, who are promotable. Now, if they, um, you know, they fit the criteria. It's going to be more of them that are available so anyways what did they implement well we got to put in some we got to pepper in some people of color and i got to put some spice in that fucking flavor you know what i'm saying it can't just be all bland so yeah there were a lot when i saw wood sergeant woods if you made me when i saw that he was sergeant first class sergeant first class woods okay you tell me you tell me how that shit fucking creeped on through. Bro, I didn't even start for class. So at this point, I know somebody had it in for me. Oh, yeah, like, bro. I, I know. No, I know somebody had it in for me because, like, your drill sergeant, who was my first sergeant, looked at my shit and he was like, how the fuck are you not promoted right now? Right. He looked at all my NCOERs. He was like, yo, how the fuck are you not promoted? He, like... I love this. I love Scotty J. Mm -hmm. Scotty Jerome to death. He just took over. Mm -hmm. It was like two, three days after he took over. And I said, first, sorry, when you have time, do you mind going over my records? You know, the board's about to come up. Mm -hmm. You know what this motherfucker did? Bro, Scotty J was like, get <laughs> <laughs> down, sorry, I got you. And I said, hold up. I was like, first, sorry, like, First on, I see you busy. I can come back later. Like, I ain't got nothing to do. It's too easy. He's like, no, 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 no. This is what I do. Exactly. I take care of, I take care of non-commissioned officers. Sit down, Sergeant Hunt. We finna go over your shit right now. Mm -hmm. Went over my shit. He was like, go turn this in S1. Luckily for me, right? So our battery was right mm -hmm. here. S1 was like right here. Like yeah. literally this close. Paraphrasing. Like if you ever been a full seal and you know where the fucking uh where the bullock was at or first of thirty three was at first of the thirtieth was at where Alpha Battery was at it was Alpha Battery the I won't even call it a parking lot that was a walkway 
from Battalion. <laughs> All right. He was like, yo, go turn this shit in right now to S1. Mm-hmm. Did that shit. First Sergeant Moriarty, another motherfucker who was like, he was like, yo, Sergeant Hunt, what the fuck is going on with you? He was like, there's no way you shouldn't be Sergeant First Class right now. He looked at all my shit. He was like, what the fuck is going on? His exact words. He was like, Sergeant Hunt, what the fuck is going on? Mm. He was like, you should have been Sergeant First Class. He was like, there's no way you shouldn't. He was like, what the fuck is going on? And I was right. like, you know, first of all, I don't know. But if, if Woods made it, there's no way I shouldn't have fucking made it. Like, I ain't hating on Woods. Oh, that no, just I, I'm hating on Woods. The powers that be that did not want me to be there. Bro, I mean, and, and it happens like that. It happens like that. You know what I mean? How the fuck? And I mean, it. it's always, you know, it, it you must have pissed off somebody's, uh, somebody's Cheerios. You know what I'm saying? Unless you had like a Gomar or a Relief for Cause. Nope. You know what I'm nope, saying? neither one. No Gomar, no Relief of Cause. Didn't have it. So, I mean, because I can tell now, like, I've seen a lot of my privates that, privates when I came, you know, that when I was a chief already or I was E4 and above, like, some of them are are smokes and first aren'ts now. I saw one that's a first aren't, like, God damn, you know, that's some high-speed shit, and I'm proud seeing that shit, you know what I mean? It just makes me wonder, like, what was this? I would have been happy just to make Siren first class. I would have. You know, that was that would have been that was my goal. Sergeant first class. My goal was to be a drill sergeant. I don't give a fuck about anything else. I just want to be a drill sergeant. But um, anyways, but uh yeah, uh first sergeant, God Scotty, oh showmaker. His name is uh Scotty J. I love that motherfucker. So he was my drill sergeant, drill sergeant showmaker, and um that motherfucker, he he was a he back then, you know, he was there wasn't a Google back in 04. All right. (laughs) It was Scotty J. He yeah, but there was a drill sergeant showmaker, and that motherfucker could recite the goddamn ARs and fucking <laughs> FMs. That is a- mutiny, indecision. I'm like, what the fuck? He was just spitting out shit. And of course, you after a time, you learn that this is shit that they have to learn anyway for drill sergeant school. But still, the man was awesome. He was good shit. He was evil looking at first, but that's always the first couple of weeks in basic training anyway. But I ran into him in Afghanistan in 2012, and um, he was a first sergeant, I think, out of Hawaii, maybe. And um, he was a cool-ass dude. He was like, hey, Private, you were one of mine, weren't you? Uh, I was a staff sergeant by then now, actually. But uh, he was like, you were one of my privates, weren't you? Like, yes, I was. He's like, yeah, we did you wrong in Delta 122. Yep, they did, but they weeded out the week with it. And if y'all look, I see Hunt is frozen, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, we're gonna continue on here. Favoritism versus racism, man. Look, I'm not gonna lie to you. There were times where I preferred certain people in certain positions, uh, but it had nothing to do with the race. It was more towards um, who was qualified or who I felt better around. Like, okay, I'm gonna give you uh, an example, okay. And I'm not saying that this was because he was white. I'm not saying that at all. All right. I'm just saying I would happen to be a section chief at the time. And um, so there was me. My gunner's name was Velasquez. And um, I needed my ATC to be on point because this is my first time chiefing on the 119er. All right. So I needed my ATC and my gunner to be on it. I wanted to go certify. 
Well, um, the person who they were going to leave me with happened to be Jones. Jones, if you're listening to this, it wasn't because you were white. Because he always told me, Chief, you got rid of me because I was white and you wanted to keep all Mexicans. Well, I needed to keep <laughs> Reyes, all right? Reyes, I needed to keep him because Reyes, uh, he had he had been in the 119er world the whole time. He was an E4. He wasn't an E5, but he was an E4. But he knew his shit, especially when it came down to fucking getting that shit air assaulted. You know what I mean? Because one thing to certify on a 119er, you got to know how to air assault that bitch. You know, you, they don't, it's not like the Paladin where you just got to fucking follow a few things. No, nah, you got to know all the links count. You got to know how to get that net ready. There's a lot of shit to do. And unfortunately, Sergeant Jones was on a maneuver platoon when it came time, you know, when he did his stuff with 277. So he didn't know much about the 119er. I was a weak chief when it came down to the 119er. So I'm going to need a strong gunner and a strong ATC. The ATC does his job in a 119er, unlike the Paladin. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I kind of had a I had a little bit of favoritism for Reyes because he knew what he was doing. And he just happened to be Reyes. <laughs> My skin complexion. And <laughs> <laughs> that that had anything to do with it. But yes, yes, Jones, I had to send you to the maneuver platoon so I could keep Reyes because they wanted to send Reyes to the maneuver platoon. I was like, hey, first song, mind if I keep him? For these reasons, you know, I, I justify now, but I can see how in in Jones's eyes, I kept him simply because his last name was Reyes. You see what I'm saying? So that's where the I guess it seemed racist, but it wasn't racist. I'm, I don't know. But I'm saying what I did want to say was this uh, with the racism thing. You know how um, with the DRB, the ER, whatever they're called now, they're supposed to black out everything, right? Hmm. Do you think that's gonna help? I think it will because now, like, I think it would help with everybody across the board because we're not even if they black out. So, say they give somebody just their last four, right? Mm-hmm. So, the only thing that's on there is the last four. Mm-hmm. So, we're blocking out names, we're blocking blocking out ethnic groups. There's no more DA photo. There's nothing to show any kind of ethnic bias, whatever biased name, whatever to a person we are solely looking on the merits we are Mm -hmm. solely looking on if he is one of eight or one of six one of three one Mm -hmm. of four then you know i'm saying we're looking at that we're looking at the schools we're looking at the achievements we're looking at the the actual attributes to what the those bullets say that's what we're looking for so i think that we should block out everything last four only the achievements of that person so we're looking at it they're looking at boom 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 okay well Two two six three, give two two six three the position. Two two six three deserves to be promoted. He deserves to be in this next class group of promotees. So, with that said, just based on numbers alone, there's more males than females. So, females will probably start filling it because there ain't gonna be no like, oh, we need to have X amount of slots for females. I think you may be talking about combat arm. No, no, no. I think you may be talking about. combat arms because like certain so some women can actually do they 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 are we don't know like we were artillery right so we don't know the intricacies of the 92 yankee 92 golf 42 right. alphas fucking water we don't know like all those other all the other non-combat voices where some of these women soldiers are doing more than their male counterparts oh yeah where they're predominant because or- let's face it yeah. hmm 
No, no, I'm saying we were saying like we don't know what they're we don't know, but the, I guarantee you, like there's certain like you said, man, even with the um with the test, because you know, like with combat MOS with the new PT test, there's certain requirements that have to be done. There's certain time frames that have to be done, right? Uh, you have to do X, Y, Z many more sprint like uh, for the sprint drag carry. It has to be a certain time because you are a combat MOS. So they're trying now, to make a combat really MOS. Like is it? If like I'm not mistaken, though? if I'm not mistaken, oh, I would like. I, I'm gonna love to hear that because if it is a MOS specific PT test, that would be great. That'll weed out a lot of motherfuckers, male and female. Yeah, if if it is perfect world and it's done like that, yes. But so you do know that, that there have been women that have tried out for a ranger school mm-hmm. and have not made it, right? Mm-hmm. They just didn't make it. Right. You, you we understand that there are male soldiers who have not who have tried out for ranger school and have not made it. Mm-hmm. We also understand that there is only a handful of women soldiers who have tried out for ranger school and have made it. Allegedly. Now they no, made they, it. They, no, they made it. But uh, from why the reason I said they allegedly is because from just you know, word around the campfire, you know, some standards were not held to the normal standard that it would have if they would have been male soldiers. So I can't speak I can't on, speak I on make that. Thing perfectly clear. But I'm yeah. just saying, yeah, I, I was said. never a ranger. I was never a ranger. I was never an A or RI. I never went through that school. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about as far as like, you know, in, in an aspect that you were talking about, as mm-hmm. far as like some people not being held to certain standards, I can speak as somebody that had to be out there early fucking mornings, even in the cold, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, watching these motherfuckers throw these 15 rounds in the honeycombs and then out of the honeycombs, 15 in, 15 out. So 30, right? We did not lower the standards just because they were male or female soldiers it was hey listen this is the time like i said and there were like i said i don't know i i don't know that's just word around the campfire what was said you know i so i'm not going to take away from they if they earned their tab they earned their tab congratulations right on you know what i'm saying that's on their conscience if well they wouldn't even know you know it would be the ris that wouldn't know that shit i don't know not my world but hey handle it you know to me my world is the artillery world that's what i know of now, if y'all can hump some motherfucking rounds, let's hump them. Let's load them. As a matter of fact, there's a female I've been talking to on the Instagram who uh, she we DM'd, and she's going to come on here, and she we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about her experience being a female on the gun line. Um, and uh, what's funny is, you know, she even she said it herself, like, you know, I, I, I don't believe there should be some females on this gun line. You know, cause, but anyways, we'll talk about it when she gets here. Hmm? Yeah, I can't wait. I would love to be there because, like, I had a soldier. The, the first time I actually say I had a soldier, not a lieutenant, but soldiers when I got back in Fort Hood. And then, you know, I had soldiers in. I had a female soldier, just one. Yeah, she was the only one in my section before I became a platoon sergeant. Wait a minute. What unit were you in? I was at uh, 182. For how long? 17 till 19. You might know her. Like I'm gonna hit you up offline. I'm gonna hit you up offline right now. Yeah, I was like, yo, like she was not gonna get back in the gun. Like, like 
she literally got a coin for pulling a string. And I'm like, no, the fucking the gunner. He was a he was from Africa. He he was the gunner. He loaded the round, put the powder in there, all that other shit. And all she did was literally pull the string and she got a fucking coin from the battalion from that. And I'm like, no. But now, in contrast, there was somebody there was a there was a female soldier in my uh, friend, my homeboy, his section. AJ Shorty was I'm, I'm friends with AJ to this day. We used to work out together. I still talk to AJ time to time. She, she's a cool ass chick. Dominican. Cool ass motherfucker. Right. Mm-hmm. We used to work out like I said, we used to work out. We used to about whatever the fuck. AJ is a wild motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. AJ set the standard for me when it came to artillery. Mm. And I shouldn't say this, but she was, if AJ was born a man, you would think that she would have been the perfect artillery soldier. AJ mm. was that motherfucker. Throwing them bitches around like it wasn't shit. Willing to get out there and get her hands dirty. Willing to be that motherfucker. That's and she I'm was working about. in the cat. She was working in the cat, throwing them 155s around. Pissed off, still doing that shit, talking shit like soldiers do. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? But, you but know, she would throw them motherfuckers around like it wasn't shit. And here's one thing I'll say. I've never said that women can't do it. All right? I never said that women can't do it. Yo! I know you fucking lying. I know you fucking lying. Do I need to pause this? That motherfucker know me. That motherfucker knows me. (laughs) She fucking knows me. Man, I fuck with her. Oh, okay, cool. She a cool ass Yeah, she a cool ass motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, When I I say when I say I fuck with this motherfucker, we would be at my homeboy house. Man, tell her fucking tell her that Hunt's on here. Okay. Do you know who the fuck I am? Okay. I mean, (laughs) she'll probably watch this. Section chief? Yeah, she a she a cool ass motherfucker, man. She out of person now. Yeah, so she's the motherfucker. I tried to get her. So she told me she was at Carson. I was like, listen, Ari- I was like, yo, I got a homeboy, Ariano, who's at Carson. I was like, yo, I got people there. Let me know where you're going. I'm going I'm to have them look out for you. Mm-hmm. Man, hell yeah. That motherfucker right there. That's who. That's another motherfucker that like the women soldiers in artillery should look up to be. She don't. She is that. I hate to say this. She'll tell you this shit herself, but she that bitch. Mm. That's no disrespect, but she that bitch. You oh know man, what I'm she saying? cool she as fuck. That, she is cool as fuck. Oh, she, yeah, she she got that dog in her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She got that <laughs> dog in her, man. She ready about she about that life. I, I love her to death, man. Yeah, she uh, a cool she, ass motherfucker. She's supposed to be coming on here soon. I was talking with her a couple days ago. She got that dog in her, man. She, bro, that motherfucker got that dog in her. You would be like, you would literally be like, some of y'all dudes need to be like her. <laughs> that motherfucker you know, got that just dog. When, just when I was talking with her on here, you know, she um, she she was she sounded like because we know a couple of people. Um, artillery is a small world, y'all. It's a very small world, as you can see. You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, she happens to know one of my old privates, and the she happens to know Jones, who I was just talking about too. Shit, I wonder if Jones was in one eight two as well. I don't know, but like I said, man, like I give her her flowers. She she's an AJ in my opinion. I don't know if they had beef. Or, I, I think they. I don't know if they knew each other, 
But when I say she was one of the, the female soldiers that were willing to get in there and it, it wasn't no dick measure to me when I looked at her, it wasn't no dick measuring contest. It was just about nah, man, like this is who I am as a person. Like yeah. I understand the role as being an artillery man. And even now that she's not commission officer, she's a section chief. Mm-hmm. She understands everything inherent in that role. So here's the thing. Like I said, she got that dog in her. She here's got that thing. dog in her. What, I, what I've gotten from her, just from the vibe that I'm getting from her, from just talking with her, she doesn't seem like the type of person that goes that extra mile to try to say, I'm a woman and I can do this shit. She's just no. an artillery man. And this is my motherfucking job. And the ones that get on my mother, she don't do this shit. Right. The ones that get on my nerves are the ones that like, oh, no, nah, you know, I got to do things twice as hard because I'm a woman or because I got a pussy. I, nah, how about you just do your motherfucking job and just get promoted? on? No, that she's man, not like know? that. Even right. Even, you know, from what I kind of know about her, like growing up, like the sport she was in, she never used the fact that she was a woman mm-hmm. to be like, I got to work harder than anybody else. She was like, no, nah, man, this is my work ethic. Right. This is me. A.S. My work ethic right and my work ethic is going to show more than me being a woman and, and like i said I, man i fucking love that motherfucker we was at our homeboy house my homeboy lived right around the down the road for me she used mm-hmm. to come over there too man barbecue and talking shit playing spades playing fucking just talking shit drinking yo she got that dog in her all right cool, <laughs> you know what cool, I'm saying? cool. so then that means we're gonna have a good time with her on here you know have three chiefs out oh, she gonna talk shit and that's cool. Wanna, shit. What I want to hear is, you know, how her story was. You know, I'm sure she she had to go harder than um, a lot of fellas. I'm sure she did, you know, because the army is mm. the army. But don't get it twisted. She y'all. didn't have to. And I told her already. She too. didn't have to. No, but here's the thing. She, I, she literally didn't have to. Her work ethic spoke for herself. Right. Her work ethic. She wasn't going. And I understand what you're saying. But how she was was not like I'm I have to do this. That's how she was. She didn't have to. In my opinion, she didn't. It wasn't that she felt that she had to go the extra mile because she was a woman. Because she's a woman, she was like, "No, man, this is fucking me. This so is how I get down." The thing about um, the thing that you know I, I appreciate about her is that I told her, you know, like, look, I have my opinions on about females on the gun line, you know, and and I told her that I've got, I've taken a lot of shit for it. I told her. You know, I've had a lot of females that I reached out to to ask them to be on the gun line to on the podcast to come on, but they won't come on because I'm an asshole. I'm a misogynistic piece of shit. Or, you know, it's your your mentality is what keeps us down. You know, instead of listening, when I tell them, like, look, just because I feel this way doesn't mean that I still wouldn't, you know, be proud of having you as a soldier. I'm still going to treat you like I treat every other motherfucking private, because regardless of how I feel about a fucking standard or a fucking order it's not my job to interpret it it's my job to enforce it you know what i'm saying because when i was a section chief when i was still chiefing that's when they were talking about bringing females onto the line and i remember i took my section i took them on we was out in the gun um we was right there in the the motor pool and i was like look y'all they're saying we're gonna be having females coming here soon check this out there ain't gonna be no motherfucking preferential treatment though Everybody's going to be equally treated the same. Shitty. You know what I'm saying? This person is not going to have any, any special privileges, but none of y'all are going to be talking shit about her either. That's going to be your motherfucking sister. Do you understand? And they were like, Roger, chief. Like, all right, cool. As long as we understand that, we're going to look out for each other. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, I know how I felt. I did not want that extra responsibility of fucking, God damn, somebody's going to end up fucking having a crush on her. Or, you know, who knows? Just, you know, just, 
the uh, the plethora of what ifs. All right. That's what came to my mind. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, they're integrating. They're coming in. It is what it fucking is. So but my view, I never said they can't do it. I said they shouldn't do it. But it doesn't mean that my leadership would change. It's not like I'm going to treat her like shit simply for being a female. You know what I mean? Why, why I got to be the number one man, bitch? Because you're the newest motherfucker here. That's why. The same way that these motherfuckers used to run aiming poles, guess what? Welcome to running aiming poles. Go run those motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, everybody got to run aiming poles. At some point, you run aiming poles. Exactly. Oh, why well, I got to be the best is. party? Because you the newest private. And you got to learn. You know what I'm saying? That's why. So the biggest thing I was... Oh, I was Ed Vaughn for the 119er. <laughs> In Iraq. I'm talk about In that. Iraq. During the fucking war. Get so I don't want to hear nobody talking about <laughs> fucking Ed Vaughn for... Like, yo, this is during the initial invasion. Smoke mm. Bell took us out there, that motherfucker, man. Like, you doing Ed Vaughn. Like, some shit pop off. Guess what? You fighting the... Hey, you infantry now, motherfucker. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, yeah, man, I, I mean, I really can't wait to have her on here, to be honest. I mean, she seems really cool as fuck, though, you know. So, yeah. With that said, though, um, what else did I want to talk about? Oh, did we talk about Mill Talk already? Yeah, oh, briefly. now I know what I want to talk about, too, before we go, then. Um, let's talk about uh, special forces and recruiting. Y'all were talking about special forces and recruiting about uh, people of color and shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think you were saying something along the lines of, um, you know, that they, they don't really show many minorities and shit like that, right? They don't. They even, look at it like this, man. And I hate to cut you off because no, I'm no, passionate about this it. subject. Look at fucking... Um, you mean to tell me that they, so they renamed Fort Hood, right? And I know how people feel about that. They renamed Fort Hood. You mean to tell me you couldn't have renamed Fort Hood after uh, First Sergeant Benavides? I don't give a fuck about that. I'm talking about Special Forces. He was Special Forces. We're talking about recruiting Special Forces. We ain't talking about no Fort Hood. Uh, no, no, no. We're, we're talking about, no, no. We're talking about the people actually in special forces so recruiting right. recruiting is recruiting we're talking about the people that actually make it through the special forces right even if you look at david goggins david mm-hmm. goggins was considered uh, well i i don't want to get this wrong because and, and and everybody please yo i'm not trying to seem like i'm the expert and i know everything but tier one is only dev groove and cag those are the only tier one groups if i'm not mistaken tier two are going to be your your groups and your teams mm-hmm. and i believe 75th okay and i believe 160 those are considered tier two okay right sure. but tier one that's only dev groove and cad okay and cag but with them, like people go do that, but there's just nothing in there. David Goggins even talked about that shit. Everybody know David Goggins. If you know David Goggins, he's not this victim mentality motherfucker. He's not. He is not. But when some shit happened with that, him and then stay hard, motherfucker. Yeah. He's the one that's always running. And the then morning. with the BSL. 
Yeah, he used to be fat as fuck, and now it was a seal. Yeah. Dude was a seal, and actually, and he got army. He got ranger qualified. He got his fucking tag. So here's the thing. Now let's go to the recruiting <laughs> portion of this whole thing. All right. Y'all were saying how there's not many people of color in it. All right. So here's the reason. Your target audience is who you're going to recruit to, who you're going to make your shit to. It's your target audience. All right. That's what it goes to. Target audience. Now, don't yeah. uh, you don't think that motherfuckers in uh in those special forces groups or uh those higher tier motherfuckers, those those motherfuckers that do the pew pew pewing all the time, you know, that go on those specific cool cool boy missions um they um how can i put this um usually white boys you don't think they want to have more dark-skinned people more brown-skinned people because we fit the demographics of the countries that they're trying to go and fuck around with of course no no so i there was this dude that i talked to briefly on tiktok and he was like listen he was like he was a black dude, but he was conservative. And this is besides the point. But he was like, he acknowledged that there is a certain stigma in in that shit because he was like, listen, man, I was infantry. I was a ranger. And he was like, when we got back, when I graduated ranger school, he was like, there were whispers around the battalion. He was like, he was laughing about it. He was like, even the sergeant major would be like, black ranger, black ranger. <laughs> he said, there is a certain stigma when there's other people that do this. He said, one, they're, they're, they talk about we don't swim. They're just all type of things. But he said the fact that. That shit was lot, funny. That motherfucker that said that shit on your live. That motherfucker said that. Yeah, yeah. He, he was like, there's a certain stigma. Yeah, he was like, there's a certain stigma. He was like, so when they see this, it's out of the ordinary, even with them to see this, these people achieving this because it just don't happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, again, it's uh, the demographic. Let's look at it. How many motherfucking minorities are there versus uh, white folk in fucking um, infantry? Infantry land is usually all majority whites. They love that. Yeah, they really love like, that shit. Yeah, like, like killing you got, you, you got you got one, a minute, brother. You got one more in you? Yeah, let me go recycle this fucking Uncle Nearest and uh, right. get some more. All right, let's go, let's go do that. <laughs> Just got out the all fucking right. box. Gun we line, had to we go are to back. the fucking board. Gun line, we are back. And we're talking, me and, and Hunt are having a fucking conversation here. We ain't going to say no names. We ain't going to say no motherfucking names right now. But I'll tell you what. We're talking about a specific motherfucker who had no business becoming an NCO. We had no business becoming a sergeant. And lo and behold, it turns out this joker right here took him to the board. No, no fuck that. We're talking about goddamn drill sergeant district. Nigga, I, nah, fuck that. Fuck being politically correct. Yeah, and go. sometimes I'm gonna say fuck being politically correct. We're talking about drill sergeant fucking dishes. So for all you motherfuckers that know, right? I had to go and take that motherfucker to the board. I'm gonna tell y'all this fucking story because this shit's funny as fuck. Let's do it. So let me let me pepper a little bit of, uh, of backstory here. All right, let me pepper a little backstory here. All right. So artillery, I keep telling motherfuckers, is a very small world. All right. I've known Disher since he was a private. All right. Disher, I, this might break your heart, Chief. All right. But when I knew you, you were not NCO material. Piece of shit. You, you were, he wasn't NCO material when I was there. So I just want to throw that out there. You're a cool kid, but NCO, 
Mm. So when I saw you had a round brown on, it broke my heart. All right. It broke my heart because I wanted to be a drill sergeant. But anyways, with that being said, I, before you go to your story about about Sergeant Disher, can I give you a quick story about Private Disher? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, check this shit out, bro. This is my first day at two. This is like my first week in 277 Field Artillery out in fucking Fort Carson, Colorado. All right. And um, that's right. 277 Field Artillery is out in Fort Carson, Colorado. That's where I ended my unit. At. It's funny how I started with 277 and ended with 277. But anyways, um, so I was the new section chief there and uh, we were all at COB formation with First Sergeant Amaral. First Sergeant Amaral was the uh, was the new First Sergeant taken over there. As we're all in fucking formation, they call us to attention. All of a sudden, you hear, baby, you're a firework. Come on, let you watch it burn. Make them say, oh, 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 fuck. As they go around, the, oh, oh, oh. And we were like, what the fuck is that noise? <laughs> Bullshit you not. This your cell phone had gone off. And that was his motherfucking ringtone, y'all. So in the middle of motherfucking first form uh, of COB formation, while everybody's all quiet, you got a cell phone going off. Disher pops up his cell phone, turns it off, and of course he gets clowned. And that sets up the rest of the stories that you're going to hear about Disher. This Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I was, I was saying take your phone, but I forgot. I, <laughs> I forgot something. But take your phone. So here's the deal with Disher, right? I got to union. I'm not gonna tell all the fucking the crazy stories, but uh, that that's grunt shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's ready. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So fucking. Yeah, I can. I just gotta go get. I, I'm gonna H E B right up the road and just go okay. get some. I shouldn't eat red meat, but I'm gonna do it so later. But so that's a disher. So for y'all that know staffs are staffs are in disher. I am the culprit kind of behind that shit because like. We just came back from the box at NTC. It it was it was it was so when I say came back from the box, it wasn't that exact same night. It wasn't that exact same night. So y'all forgive me. I may be a little bit of melodramatic. So it was maybe like two days after we came from the box. And Disher was a section chief, so they still needed he was the E5 section chief, but they needed somebody to take him there to take him into the board mm-hmm. while we were at NTC. And first time Moriarty, this motherfucker loved me and I love that motherfucker too, still to this day. Mm. He, he was like, yo, Hunt, you just shit. This motherfucker didn't fuck. Side note, Moriarty told our Sergeant Major, I don't care what fucking Sergeant First Class is in this battalion, Hunt is gonna be my motherfucking platoon sergeant. Like, I love that motherfucker. That motherfucker was like, he was blown away with me. I don't know what I did. I don't know if yeah. it was just my presence, because I didn't kiss ass. That may have been what it was. Hmm. But he was like, yeah, nah, hey, I'm fucking with Hunt. He actually wanted me to go to deploy with them to be the platoon sergeant. He pulled me in his office because he wasn't being able to make it. And hmm. we had no. I was a staff sergeant in second platoon, first sergeant, uh, the first platoon, platoon sergeant was a staff sergeant. He was like, I need you to go. I need you to take the battery uh. on all of my kids. On life, all my kids, he told me he needs me to be in charge of the battery. God, That's how much confidence that motherfucker had in me. Yes, a battery. Staffs aren't in charge of that battery. So anyway, we got back from the box. I take Disher into that motherfucker, right? Yeah. So you know me. I'm a motherfucking clown anyway. So 
NTC, they had the whole battalion in one tent, and everybody's going up. The the specialists first, then the sergeants. Yeah. And they're going by name, right? And so they get to me. I have my weapon, and I told my homeboy, I was like, watch this shit. I'm about to act a fool. So when they called for disresponser, I'm at the back of the fucking tent. I got my rifle, and I'm running, and I yell the battalion's creed. While I'm running up there, just started running and yelling at motherfucker. Everybody, everybody else literally was just, you know, they were just regular walking up there, boom, yeah. boom, boom. So I yelled the motherfucking battalion creed at the time. I can't remember that shit. And I'm running up that motherfucker, and boom, man, I get up there and I'm like, <clears throat> and it was they were talking to me for a second. It was like, who's your first arm? I said the best first arm in the battalion in the in the battalion, first arm Moriarty. And another first sergeant asked me that shit. And I told him, the best first sergeant in the battalion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they was like, oh, we, it was like, yo, I like this motherfucker, yo. Mm. They was blown away by me. This shit got up there just nervous and shit. I blew them motherfuckers away. I'm selling this motherfucker like so, I'm a used car. So set. basically, he got promoted based off of your, your fucking um, attendance. My bravado, me selling him. It was to the point that Moriarty stopped. He asked the sergeant major. He was like, hey, sergeant major, hold on. Let me, I got to stop this. Pull district aside. Talk to me and district. He was like, you better get your fucking shit together. You just digging in district's ass. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. I was like, motherfucker, I hyped you the fuck up. You over here nervous, stumbling around on shit. I got myself looking like an ass because I don't put myself on the line for you. You're not in my section. You're a whole section chief like I am. You eat five on me six. But I went up here just doing this shit, letting motherfuckers know that, like, damn, this motherfucker got confidence in this motherfucker? Mm. What the fuck? Yeah. Bro, (laughs) this motherfucker went back to the tent because we got back in late because it was nighttime. Mm -hmm. And by the time we had got back in, somebody said something to him. It was one of my soldiers, uh, uh, the female soldier that I couldn't stand, said something to him. And he was like, oh, it's starting promotable disher. Bro, I'm laying in my cot. And I said, shut the fuck up, Disher. I don't give a fuck. I'm trying to sleep. Loud as shit. <laughs> I was like, you talking about Sergeant Portable. I lit- I was like, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Disher, man. Dude. Like I said, Disher. If you ever watch this, Disher. I don't give a fuck. Oh, I'm just saying, Disher. <laughs> you were a cool kid, bro. I mean... I don't know if you matured or not, but when I knew you, I just could not see you as a sergeant at that time, bro. We had a song for him. All right. We made a song. <laughs> it was called Go to Sleep, Little Disher. This was um in the maneuver platoon for um for 277, bro. Trust me. Um it God, when I saw bro, he didn't do shit. He, he didn't do shit for his fucking section. I just got to the unit. This motherfucker was never in the motor pool. And I got it how fucking your your gunner don't want you in there, but you gotta show face. Yes, you, you do. You gotta put hand, you gotta put your hands on shit. Yes, you do. Bro, I'm over here. His gunner, his gunner, which is a cool, he's I'm friends with his gunner. His gunner was motherfucking saw me as the section chief, punching the two with my guys. And you know what his gunner did? You know what his gunner did? His gunner started punching the two with his guys. He was like, what the fuck? Yes. Because I was fourth section. Disher was fifth. 
and Johnny was a six. So he see me because Johnny would be in the motor pool anyway. Johnny, Johnny is just like me. We both staff stars. We understand it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be here, but I'm here. That's what it is. You don't got to be there, but you you don't have to be there. But you were there. You there right there with them motherfuckers. Get your hands dirty. If you got to get sometimes, I ain't saying all the time, but sometimes that uniform got to get dirty. You getting dirty motherfucking too. Hunt, I'll tell you what. Thank you for bringing this up because I wanted to talk about this. When I was in um, Fort Stewart, um, you know, we had got our guns. And um, by the way, I sent them the, the fucking link. Um, it's on him now. So when I was at Fort Sill, I'm not at Fort Sill, at fucking Fort Stewart at 1-9, I would fucking, um, you know, go, go to the motor pool. You know, and, and and find not find shit to do, but put them to work. You know what I mean? Because honestly, when I saw that video, uh, them doing that little glass house with the engineer tape around the motherfucker in front of the, I house, loved it. I loved it. Motherfuckers were talking shit, and you know what? They were doing what they're supposed to doing, training. All right, are they gonna ever use it? Who knows? But they need to know how to do it. Go ahead. Crawl, crawl, walk. Run. Thank you. But what that's I mean, what motherfuckers don't understand. Crawl the glass house. Walk is the actual practice in the shoot house before you get your ammunition. Run you in the shoot house to get your ammunition. That is the phase. We're we are not 18 Bravos. We're not 18 series. We're not dev groove. I mean CAG. So we have to crawl, walk, run. Stop acting like y'all, y'all, y'all are mill team six. And understand that there is always a crawl, walk, run phase. No, and let they, them do their thing. Like, like I said on the last podcast, man. For all we know, it could have been just maybe a staff sergeant showing a young specialist or young corporal or young sergeant how to lead a class. You know what I'm saying? We don't know what's going on in that background. But here's the thing: I like to train. All right, I like to train. So one thing I would do is I would go to my motor pool, I'd go get my gun, and I would move my gun. And I'd be like, all right, hey, we're going to go ahead and practice occupying degraded operations. We're going to do degraded ops. Because one thing I wanted them to be proficient at was degraded operations on the Paladin. One thing I couldn't stand was when I was in Korea, that um, our fucking, our tube wasn't equilibrated. So, you know what I mean? So, it, it was hard as fuck to turn that motherfucking handle. So, anyways, I fixed all that shit. And anyways, and I taught them how to do degraded ops. Okay, PDSCS is off. You know, you got to go set up that co- on that collimator because you know how motherfuckers go out to the field and set up the collimator, but they never shoot off of it. OK, we're going to learn mm-hmm. how to shoot off that collimator. You know what I'm saying? We're going to learn how to read this shit. We're going to learn how to fucking we're going to learn the basics, just the basics. I don't expect you to be fucking gunners, you know, gunner first or whatever, like, you know, first time go on a gunner's test. But I want you all to go to the gunner's test and take it. You know what I mean? So anyways, um, learn how to do direct fire. Be quiet because it's your job. Are you going to learn it all in one day? Probably not. <laughs> you all right? That you said direct fire that reminded me of some shit. Oh, tell me why. Before I got before I got elevated to platoon sergeant, <laughs> I was a gunnery sergeant, mm. so I had to certify as big three. Mm-hmm. They still made me certify as being a section chief just in case. Just in case somebody couldn't hack the shit. Word. I wonder who that 
Is it who I so I, I literally had to certify. I had to certify as big three, and then at the and then while we're doing the direct fire, I still had to certify direct fire and as a fucking chief, do five and six. Goddamn, you know, and that's why I walked around. That's why I say, man, going to Fort Seal was the best thing that ever happened in my career. I learned so much. I learned. That's when I talk shit. But when I say I talk shit and can back it up, I was like, yeah. yo, y'all can't fuck with me. Y'all well, cannot see, fuck with me. I didn't learn about Big Three certification until I got to motherfucking Fort Carson. I didn't. I had no idea because we never fuck with the Amen Circle out there in fucking um in in, in mechanized land. We never fuck with the circle. Mm-hmm. All we did was fucking. We pulled up to the SCP nav update occupy. That's it. You know what I'm saying? But when I got to motherfucking uh to Carson. Oh. Bro, bro, it's funny that you talk about that shit, right? Mm. Because, man, a right hand of God on the life of all my kids. So I had to fucking degrade it ops. So Disher's homeboy, uh, DeLeon, sorry, DeLeon, right? He's the one that shot the mission. Okay. I had to get shit ready, uh, degraded ops. So it was me and Lieutenant Cub. I I can say names. Fuck them. Name no, hold on. I'm trying me. to think of De Leon. Was um was he in Korea? De Leon Cruz. Oh, okay. De, yeah, he was in Korea. He was in Korea. Was he in Fort Stewart afterwards? I don't think he went to Fort Stewart, but I know he was in Korea. Okay, because I knew what De Leon. I, didn't know, I, I got short. you. Okay, got you. Mexican type kid from Florida. Yes, little short cat. <laughs> we may be talking about the same motherfucker, yo. Yep. <laughs> Bro, yeah. Artillery, <laughs> y'all. It's a small <laughs> world. Nah, they, I, I fuck with David Leon, man, because they all was cool, Leon was a cool little cat, man. He was a short little motherfucker, right? Yeah, he's short. Man, like, I fuck with David Leon, man. Like, I fuck with him. So he's the one that shot the mission for me when I did this shit to grade it. Keep in mind, they just, I just got appointed to fucking be the platoon sergeant. Lieutenant Cup, I, there's no shade to him. So I went out there, me and him are out there trying to set the circle up. I take off all my what gear. Was his first Boom. name? You remember? It started with an S. I got you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So fucking um we go out there. I take all my fucking gear off. I make sure I ain't got no metal on me nowhere, right? Because I'm mm-hmm. setting up a circle. Right? Lieutenant Cup, same thing. I knew Lieutenant Cup. When he came to Bullock, that's how that's how fresh off of Bullock I was. Like, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. knew him when he was in Bullock. So we're trying to set the circle up. It's not bumping. It is not fucking bumping. Mm. The fucking, the captain, he was about to take over. He tries to set the circle up with me. It's not bumping. I said, hold up, hold up. On a life of my kids, I set my circle up. I said, all right. I said, hey, sir, go go to my circle. He goes in my circle. I go to where his circle is at. Set his circle up. Them shit start bumping. The fucking captain who was out there, he was he was coming in, but he was still kind of responsible, but not fully responsible for right. things. You know what I'm saying? He was like, he looked at it, and it bumped. He was like, okay, this shit bumping now. And I was like, nah, was, hey, hey, sir, it's bumping. We're shooting the shit. Crew, De Leon set that shit up. They called out a mission. He shoots. End of mission. As soon as they said that, end of mission. Both of the circles bump. I'm getting him fucking laid. We're, we're laid. Yeah. Leon is laid on the, the aiming circle, the safety circle. All of our fucking data is bumping between his gun 
my Amos circle, the safety circle, which I right. should not second circle, second circle, mm-hmm. which I should not have to have set up. All three of those are bumping. All three of those are fucking bumping. And they get that end of mission. What does that mean? Everything down to safe, baby. <laughs> that motherfucker landed safe as shit. Yeah. Man, they said end of mission. I looked at both of them officers. That captain was like, I don't know what kind of voodoo magic you did, but you made it work. <laughs> and that's when I say, when I say that First Sergeant Moriarty was like, I wanted you to be in charge of this fucking battery. Yeah. I was, and this is why I say I can humble myself and say, I was a piece of shit corporal. I was a piece of sergeant. As a staff sergeant, needed more work. But when I came from Fort Seal, I was polished. Mm-hmm. I was motherfucking polished. That's when I will say that I so wasn't a commission officer. About being a piece of shit. Did you tell him that I sent him that link already, by the way? Mm-hmm. I got no fucking request back from him. So Yeah, there, there, there's, there's some other stuff. Oh, going on. I, 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 oh, gravy. Yeah, but I, I let him know. All right, too easy. So here's the thing. Um, one, I think that when soldiers come out in the field artillery world, all right, they should go to a light unit first. Yes. You need to go to a light yes. unit and learn how to properly do field artillery because field artillery, the moment that PDFCS goes down, if you don't know what the fuck, if you never heard of T Labs, Pap, you ain't even. Are you even artillery? Are you even artillery? You know what I'm saying? We don't do it. Heavy does not set out aiming circles. Not aiming circles. Well, they don't set out aiming circles or aiming. And they poles. don't. Set, yeah, that's what I meant to say. They don't. They don't set out aiming circles. They don't set out aiming poles. Where is the DAP? Can you honestly tell me a time that when you were in the field that you literally looked for a DAP? Not in the mechanized world. Now I did. I did at Fort Stewart when I was doing my training. Where I was going back, I was trained. Though so, I would, they, like other sections would see me. They were at the motor pool just lollygagging and shit hanging out because that's where the chief told them to be at, right? But they would see that I would pull out my gun. pull it. I, I would give myself a manual move order, all right? And then I would have the driver drive around the motor pool, come back and occupy, all right? And now I would have the section in there, and I had other Joes from other sections in there with me. And they would be like, hey, Sergeant Lopez, you know, can, can we come and learn from you? And I'm like, yeah, man, I ain't got no problem with you coming to learn with me. No whatsoever. I didn't think I was stepping on anybody's toes either. You know what I'm saying? Your chief should be there teaching you. But since he's not, I'm going to go ahead and do it if they want to. You know what I'm saying? You're going to learn the way I do it, though. Just don't say this is the way that, that Sergeant Lopez taught me. That, that's the only way that I know. You know what I'm saying? But that's what I would do. Give myself, and then after I did that, bro, I would put the most senior motherfucker up there. I'd be like, all right, Gunner. You're going to be the chief. Give yourself a manual move order. Got a driver. You got your number one, man. You, whoever's going to be your gunner, pick them and go ahead and handle it and drive around in a circle, occupy, and then go through the steps. Because the only way you're going to learn how to do things is muscle memory by repetition, right? But not only that, one Mm -hmm. thing that I learned in my times of being a chief was the best way to teach someone was to have them show someone else. In other words, like my gunner, once I felt that he was uh, proficient enough, I'd be like, hey, man, do me a favor. Get all the number one men in here. Go ahead and teach them how to do the gunners, to, um, how to do the, the, the gunners position when we occupy, what it is that you're doing. You know what I mean? So then he would get all the number one men, and then the number one men would go through it, and they would teach each other because that's the best way to learn. And I would just be there supervising to make sure he's teaching them the right shit. You know what I mean? And same thing, mm-hmm. like the best way. So I would tell sometimes I would say, uh, tell my gunner, hey gunner, 
I'm Private Lopez. Talk to me. What do I got to do to be a number one man? How do I be a number one man? What are and that way they talk me through the steps. You know what I mean? And I know that they understand the standard. Now, do we cut corners? Of course. Everybody cuts corners. Like that one video we saw earlier that you had sent me or that I had sent you. I don't know which one it was, but it was a slow ass paladin. And um, all I know is that this motherfucker went and put up the he put the round in there, punched, uh, put the tube, uh, put the round of the tube with his um, with the swab. And then the motherfucking chief was still toying with the goddamn buttons to lay the gun. And in my mind, I'm like, why aren't you just joysticking that shit? It's a lot faster. Just joystick. And then fine tune with the fucking. Uh, oh, shit. So I think our artillery talk is ending now. Because now we're going to be talking to uh, <laughs> our, talk, uh, our hey, artillery yo, talk is over. Uh, I, 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 I want to say this with all bluster. <laughs> the infantry. <laughs> oh, I got to get caught up, man. My bad. I had some shit going on up here. <laughs> uh, no problem, yeah. brother. No problem. Not hey, bad, gun line, bad. gun line. We got a new fire mission coming down. Emergency mission just came through. We got an infantry calling in with a tick. 0311. And they uh by the way, he's an old jarhead of all things. So welcome, 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 Mr. Petty Grunts here to the motherfucking gun line. Thank you for being here, my brother. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for inviting me, man. It's raining out here, but it's all good. Oh, no, nah, man, no doubt. Me and Hunt been holding it down for the past, you know, about an hour and a half, just shooting the shit, chopping it up. No, oh, no, you good, baby. You hey, good. Grunt. I understand life Grunt. happens. Hey, bro. Grunt, you like the new edition? You like the new edition, Grunt? <laughs> the fuck? Yo, I'm telling your boy he's over there appropriating <laughs> culture and shit. I'm appropriating basic white bitch culture. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker's got to put little fucking uh, blonde dreads and shit. He's got the fucking pins going in his face. Like, uh, he gonna, get those blonde tips. Get those blonde tips. <laughs> that motherfucker going all extra. Anyway, thank you for How being How you doing, Petty? I'm good. What's up? What's up? <laughs> So check this out, man. Just to give you a quick rundown. We were just talking, having, having some field artillery conversations uh, because pretty much we were ran out of shit to talk about. Uh, but one of the things NCOs, I did want to really? Oh, yeah, non-commissioned officers and um, and their responsibilities and how they showing off on TikTok like a bunch of dumb motherfuckers. But um, one thing that I did want to talk about that I heard you and Hunt discussing. Um, oh, okay, so you know him as Virgo82 uh, on the TikToks. Um, yeah, I mean, here, I, I know. I, I mean, I, I know a little bit of him outside. <laughs> okay, so everybody, um, I just know him as Hunt. That's it. Well, Sergeant Hunt back in the day, but um, yeah, I just know him as Hunt. Corporal Hunt. <laughs> well, back then it was Specialist Promotable Hunt, and he would always make fun of me because he had his little fucking air assault wing. He'd be like, "Oh, flatliner." <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, that, that's how he showed off like that. So, but um, thank you for being here, man. And uh, I, I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to have you here because I'd like to have different um, different military cats. And I'm running out of time on this one, which means that in 10 minutes, I got to send you out a new link, if that's cool with you. Um, but anyway, damn, this is going to be like yeah, a Joe problem. Rogan episode, fucking two hours, three hours long. But check it out, man. Just for those that don't know you, if you don't mind just introducing yourself a bit and giving us a little bit about yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, um, I guess on TikTok and so by Petty Grunts, uh, outside of them, name's Josh, uh, served eight years in the United States Marine Corps, infantry 0351 assault men. 
So, you know, basic infantry riflemen with a cross train of anti-armor and, and demolition. It's pretty much like a mix of like combat engineer and rifleman, pretty much that. So I uh, did that. I, you know, seen there, been there, Afghanistan. Uh, I, I, I don't say miss out, but yeah, didn't do Iraq, did mm. Afghanistan. Uh, I think, shit. Got out, so I did petty. 05 in 2013. Right on. So petty, when you say, yeah. so you said that there are things that encompass what you did from 03, if I'm not mistaken, correct me wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But 03, 03 11, that's just like the, the, the fucking, that's the grunts. That's your 11. But you brother. did something extra above. Yeah. So then, and, and that's the thing though, you did above and beyond that. So well, you I were still a beyond. grunt. I wouldn't say above and beyond. It's more per se, um, you know, you have your machine gunners, right? You're, it's just a weapon. It's a weapon mm-hmm. specialty. So your machine gunner knows exactly the full rundown of what base, what a basic 11 Bravo would do. They know what 11 Bravo would do in the, same in the gist of it because you guys have uh, weapon platoons, right? You guys have weapons like your whole, the well, whole platoon will be specialties. So I no, think that no, no. You so think with the he would be the, more like a, a a fucking eleven Charlie. Like the eleven Charlies are the fucking mortar men, but they're still grunts, but they're mortar men. You see what I'm yeah, saying? So, so well, I would go. I would yes. Kinda. I'm like we would have it where um, I'd be in normal weapons company. So you have three line platoons three basic 03, 03 uh, platoons, then you have weapons platoon. And based off the of deployment, either they'll split up all the mortar men, assault men, and machine gunners and divvy them out amongst the gotcha. line platoons, or we'll just run our own. When we run our own game, that was the best, when we just ran and we became our own <laughs> line platoon. Motherfucker, like, for, for all on Call of Duty and shit. <laughs> bro, it, it, it will be because sometimes we don't utilize, like, bro, I used to, my main weapon was, like, the small, you know, the shoulder launch multi-purpose weapon. So, <laughs> yeah. they, they did not let us shoot that shit in country. They got rid of that because we weren't, they're like, no, we're, not taking, we're not blowing up mud huts anymore, using inert rounds. No, wow. because you motherfucking Marines, you motherfucking Marines are like, oh, what? Man, fuck that shit. Let's go ahead and shoot this shit. $12,000 a round, $12,000 a pop. I'm like, you better hit. When someone misses, bruh. Think about javelins, too. Those javelins are $78,000 per. Ooh. Fuck. But, hey, those are easier. Those are those are shoot and forget. Because that shit, once it's locked, is. Yeah, I mean, like, I always, it's always so- hard for me to explain my job because, like, because I don't know what the equivalent of it would be from the army. Like I said, it's it literally will be where like most times I was just running freaking eleven Bravo shit, right? Mm-hmm. But I knew, hey, if we're doing breaching, I'm the one who knows how to do the breaching charge, do the deck cords, and know the timing, breach the store, set the breaching charge down. Well, get back into the stack because I'm about to be in there. They hit yeah. the door, boom, let's go. You, like, yeah, I'd probably. You know what's crazy, Petty? What? You know what's crazy? So they're they're different classes. So even with with infantry guys, I wasn't infantry, but I've been around infantry guys and, and you know we talked, but they will go to specialized courses. Their their main thing would be the, you know the 11 Bravo, but they would go to specialized courses. Mm-hmm. So even though they're 11 Bravos, they're in their companies, they would be like, okay, uh Joe Snuffy, he went to this course, he's he's this right here, he is certified to be this right here. We we sent the time to take him to that. But it's kind of different when I say that in your aspect, because you said you had to do the engineering aspect, which is something totally different 
than the 11 Bravo. So that's why I said it. it's like you're 11 Bravo plus. That's how yeah, I would It's like it. you would have a, yes. a different identifier if you think about it. Kind of like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had like an, like, um, fucking, for example, like when I went to Slick, uh, the, was it Sling Load Inspector Certification? Mm-hmm. He's just got a, an additional identifier, an additional fucking skill set. We got you, pimp. That's so, a, that's a, hey, I don't want to say anything sexy. I just be like, yo, it was infantry. And like the thing is, when in, in Afghanistan, I would I was not an assault man in Afghanistan. I was either a vehicle commander when I got ranked, when I got bumped up again as an NOC mission officer. And before that, I was just a up gunner on a 240 Bravo. So I'm like, shit, I know the 240 more than I know the freaking small. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Um, yeah. we were talking about non-commissioned officers and shit. Um, and how we have seen the position change within um within the ranks so for example i'm gonna speak only with uh within the army um and in my realm of the of the uh of the field artillery one of the things that i noticed before i got out was that the non-commissioned officer corps was becoming more a group of me rather than we uh one thing that i noticed was that they were trying to be more friends rather than leaders um i saw that motherfuckers were being promoted much too fast without having the competency needed for that position. So I, I, but one of the biggest problems that I saw with all that was the whole division of rather being together as a, we, it was more of a me because even if one NCO was lacking another or was slacking, whatever, um, another NCO could pull them up and be like, Hey man, you fucking up right here. Let's go get and get you up to par. And I saw that changing. And I witnessed it, you know, because motherfuckers be like, I'll, I'll say, I'll give you, I'll put myself as an example. I went up to another NCO like, hey, man, um, I see you got this thing you got going on with your, uh, with your, da- uh, your dash 10, which is our fucking fill manual, right? And um, I'm like, hey, you know, hey, hook me up, man. How'd you get that done? He's like, look, man, I'm going to let you see it one time. But from there, you got to do it on your own. You know, normally I don't share this shit with nobody. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Cool. Don't even give it to me, bro. You don't even have to give it to me. You know what I'm saying? I, you 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 deny me one time i'm done with you dog you know what i'm saying i know where i stand but instead of helping to lift the motherfucker he just rather keep a motherfucker down does that make sense i think that that's what's lacking and that's what's caused the downfall of the nco corps because we used to be known as the backbone of the army yes you well, know like, same thing for the marine same thing for the marines okay. they always say that e, between the e4 and e3 really it's the lance corps because it's just because there's so many of them they're you know the, I'm not trying to sound bad, but they come. They call them crunchies. We call them crunchies when it comes to the infantry because I'm like, hey, they, they make noises when you run over them with tanks. <laughs> but uh, they're they're just because of mass numbers. But for leadership aspect, obviously, it's the E4s and the E5s because you are you are reporting to the uh, hold on, baby. You're you're reporting to the officers at the same time. You are implement. You are the vote. You are the voice for the junior enlisted for the higher mm-hmm. up for the staff NCOs for the higher up. Um, I saw, yeah, definitely Semper, we call it Semper I. <laughs> ah. No Semper Five. It's like, oh, you want to be a Semper I, Marine? Okay. And yeah, we first to be calling out, and I, I, I saw it. People get promoted too quick. I, on my first time being a corporal, I was promoted too quick. Because um, at the same time, all the people which in my in my team and all my section, I, I, I mean, I we, we, we literally signed in and reported in on the same day. Like, all of us are like, you know, so it was hard to balance that because I'm like, I'm with these people on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the intricate 
details of their families, how they how they work. So it was kind of hard at the first time to separate that. But because I always I always told Mike this, and he knows this. Like I always said, I was a shitty garrison marine, horrible okay. garrison. I don't customs and courtesies. Yo, f you. I don't care. No. <laughs> no, I don't no. care. But put me in the field or downrange. Then I'm like, this is where my rotation is. I because if you, I always felt like if you the way you orchestrate marines and people in which you're going to be leading to, you got to. She's sleeping. You're you're you have to rely on her. You're going to have to rely on her, on them during the times where rounds are downrange. So right. I don't want, I don't want spitefulness because like people believe it or not, like people don't think like they can throw away like personal troubles during like combat. Like, no, no people fucking are spiteful. I don't mm. throw anything past any human. Yep. So um, I always tried to, f- I, when I got promoted again, I tried to find the find the, the balance between right. I will not disrespect you. I will not put you in, the, in a way where I'm going to degrade you. And the Marines of anything, if hey, when I'm not degrading them, I would get fucking my sergeants to come down, my staff sergeants to come down. You need to be harder on these Marines. You need right. to be harder. Then I'm thinking, I'm like, then I think when it was, when those, when those first sergeants, when I'm sorry, when those staff sergeants were my corporals and my sergeants, I'm like, mm-hmm. No, nah, that didn't work out. You got free. I'm like, you used to get in the bar fights. You're the one that exactly. used to get the break. Come in here with as a staff with a freaking black eye because someone threw a brick at your face. Let me gunline, gunline, gunline. Fire mission coming down, y'all. It's your host Lopez, and you're listening to the On the Gunline podcast where you shoot the shit like we would out in the field. So go on and pop a squawk because it's about to get hot right now. You on the gun line now. So full disclosure, I had done a whole other podcast earlier with motherfucking Hunt, but uh we got a, a visitor here who you see it's it's not Hunt, you know. It, no, they don't all look alike. This happens to be a Hunt that um one of the better. Homies. <laughs> He's a better version of Hunt because he was a fucking jarhead apparently. But now with us here we have uh Petty Grunt as he goes by on the TikToks. Uh, we've been messaging back and forth on here. And uh, mostly uh, I like watching their lives because they talk about military stuff as well as, you know, challenges that they face in the military. And I like this platform because unlike TikTok, um, I don't censor over here. We don't have to say pew pews and white tees and shit like that. Now we talk how we fucking talk. So with that being said, I'd like to give you the floor, Petty. Thank you for being on here. And what's your story, brother? I appreciate it, man. Well, like I said, uh, go by Petty Grunts on TikTok. My name is Josh Williams. I served, like I said, about eight plus years in the United States Marine Corps. I've been on the active side. I've, I've done a little bit of active and I've done reserve. Um, I was an 0351 in the United States Marine Corps, uh, Sultan. So we, I think we broke it down earlier. It's mm-hmm. pretty much a variation of uh, in the Army. It's 11 Bravo mixed with a combat engineer, but you are part of the intricate infantry itself so you still go to school of infantry mm-hmm. for your training and then after you've learned the basics 11 bravos uh you know fire maneuvers and then you go to your specialty at the end of soi then you become high speed apparently right so, <laughs> right you become yeah. a non-pogue you're not a pogue so that that's what sets y'all apart right i mean god damn i don't know how many times i've been called a fucking pogue throughout my life but <laughs> I'm proud to be a pogue. I'm a proud pogue because guess what? Every time that y'all motherfuckers got into ticks, this pogue is the one slinging those rounds to save y'all asses. Remember that the king exactly. always saves the queen from getting raped. <laughs> exactly. No, that's exactly how it is. I always tell people, I was like, bro, everyone did it. It's, it's one cohesive machine and everyone does their little part. They leave. We just, hey, that's just shooting the shit. It's, used, it's when civilians be saying mm-hmm. that shit. It's like, yo, 
you don't even rate enough to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but you but but like they pose, but you below the pose. Right? It's, it's like work. I don't get it. These motherfucking cheerleaders out there be trying to act like they look. I get it. On Call of Duty, y'all motherfuckers be getting the, all them kills, but in real life, play. it ain't like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I still play Call of Duty, motherfuckers. You saying that? I'll be like, mm. I'm like, I'm like, this gun don't shoot like this <laughs> <laughs> for real, right? <laughs> man, oh man. So tell me, man, how did you um, how did you end up? going into the um into the core was was there like a military tradition in your family or what what ended up getting to um getting you into the core from my okay so the there was only one person that served prior to me that was my uncle my family hey listen i'll be honest black Mm -hmm. community a lot of times they're literally hesitant when it comes to military they're like why why are you gonna fight for their war that's all Mm -hmm. you hear right then you gotta think I was I joined in 05, so I saw 9-11 when I was 16. Okay. So that was the divvy up point of us being like, okay, something I maybe have a calling. I was doing decent in school, but I didn't I everyone had like their college and everything lined up, set out, right? Set forth. Like they their their life and their plan was mm-hmm. uh, me, I was like, I didn't have a path. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna make a path. And I was Hey, guess what? I thought about those old Marine commercials where they had the with the dress blues mm-hmm. fighting the lava monsters with a yeah. with the NCO yeah. sword. And Motherfucking I was like, yeah. dragons and shit. I was like, you playing Dungeons and Dragons with this? I'm like, yeah. So, so I went first. I had a recruiter to the army. So I went out of my way to find a recruiter. Right. So I found a recruiter. Come to the schools. Blah blah blah. Um, and it was army all set up to go to Meps. And uh, do that. And then I had a Marine recruiter catch me the day before I was going to MEPS for uh, the initial initial setup, not leaving. Right. Right. Convince me all the way around. Somehow he convinced me about like, do you want to go to the military and not have second and no regrets that you could have did another branch that was a little harder? <laughs> he said that's how they said it. Right. Right. And like you'll have no regret. You'll have no regrets. You come in here. You do this. He's like. If you're gonna do infantry, do the best infantry. So, I he sold me. Yeah. So I went yeah. to Meps in uh, 05 Paris Island during Hurricane Katrina. So that was a lockdown for a little bit. Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then after that, the fleet, and then after that, reserves, and then deployments mainly. <laughs> Just like I said, I I mean uh. I've done like, different things. Like I said, like I've only had like one combat deployment mm-hmm. out of the eight years. So any other times we've done, uh, we, you know, spent a few months in Australia doing uh, Operation Taliban Saber, doing cross training with Australians. Um, in two thousand eight, yeah, we were up there training uh, Georgians. Oh, okay. didn't know, didn't know that. That was then twenty four hours after we left, Russia invaded oh, Georgia in 08. Oh, that's police. right, bro. That's right. We let, yeah, so we didn't know. We didn't know why we were there because we we're like, we're training them in conventional warfare. And we're like, right. we're, we're fighting insurgencies. I'm like, I'm running down, um, make some models of Russian tanks with them and like teaching them how to rock uh, smalls and javelins. So it's weird. What's mm. within 24 hours of us leaving, literally rolling down. The, God the damn. Remember, that was an eight day war. So they obviously war crimes, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Wasn't yeah, really so, a war uh, though. That was more of just a fucking run over and we got you, bitch. <laughs> that's yeah, all it, it was. So, like that's the thing, man. Like I had such I had so much 
of volunteering to go to different countries to train once mm-hmm. I like I felt like I was tuned up by the time the combat deployment came. So I was like, we're going to Israel. I'm been like been dealing shit in Israel. I'm like train fucking I live in the country now, so it's trains. <laughs> Bro, you're living the dream that I wish I could. Oh no, 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 no. It's it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. It's it's slowly moving away. But like I said, like I spent so much time training across the world. Like yeah. by the time we got the combat deployment, I was tuned up. So know? let me ask you, when um yeah. when did you, what year did you deploy? Uh two thousand nine. Where'd you go to? Afghan uh Afghanistan Helmand Providence. So okay. we were Was that rotating RC out of leather. Is that RC South? Well, it would be South because I'm like, I'm trying. If it was AO Bella Woods, so we were literally rotating out of Leatherneck all the way to the top of Sangin, so and Marja. So that was our. Hold on one second. Yeah, you good. Yeah, you take the computer. Take the computer, buddy. So, yeah. So um, we would literally, we were like, the, the was it? The conjection to stop anybody from rotating from that part of Helmand Province where Leatherneck is to the top of Sangin. Because uh, about 2009, 2010, because it was a float over year, because, you know, go from 08 to 09, right? So, I mean, 09 to 10, we would stop anybody from trying to hit Sang. And that's when we started doing the push in okay. support of like 1 9, pushing into Marja. Gotcha. Okay. Because, yeah. yeah, I didn't go to Afghanistan until 2012. And my, um, my experience in Afghanistan differed because I was training the Afghans on artillery that's like training monkeys algebra it's pointless but um oh, no. <laughs> let's talk about uh your um your let's, let's talk a little bit about your experience in, in the um in, in in the marine corps so when you first got to boot camp like you know i'm guessing you were born west of the mississippi so you went to paris island right uh, yes. east of the mississippi then right so you went to paris yep. island yes, so yes. was um what was your expectations versus the reality did you have I any expectations? expected to get yelled at for 13 weeks. 13 okay. weeks of nothing but grouping as hell. And then when you get there, it's literally, really, if you just listen, it's a very simple, basic thing. Literally, it's like three, it's almost like just four weeks of yelling and just fucking with you for no reason. Right. But then after that, you're starting to learn knowledge. And I was, ta- I was, talking, to, uh, I was talking to Virgo the other day where I'm like, it, you were so happy when your drill instructors will stop yelling and they will break down knowledge with yes. you. Here, let me teach because they would they would roam even though most of them were never infantry, they mm. would romanticize. You've got to be a killer, this efficient. And like and, and you're a young, impressionable kid. You're freaking what you tell me about this. Yeah. Tell me about these bodies I want to drop. Yeah. <laughs> and they would break it down to you. And then they would teach you, hey, even breaking down, even breaking down your M16 yeah. to the bolt. Just this was the most romantic thing you could do because I'm like, yo, we're not just we're not fucking jumping up and down doing in the sand doing mm-hmm. smoking us. We're learning. I'm learning what I think I can carry over. You know what I'm saying? And like, I started. I I think it clicked in four weeks in because I said, this is a bit basic thing. Someone tells you to do it, you do it. <laughs> when right. you're given a when you're given a billet, then you run it because I uh, I got the, one of those like. I guess suck ups and I got those meritorious promotion out of boot camp. So I got out as I got out of boot camp as E2. Okay. So and like they, you know, what is it? Section leader, whatever, uh line leader, squad leader. No, section, section in there. So I'm just like, okay, I'm learning drills. And then it then I don't think I really got a real taste of what the Marines were was until I got to school of infantry. Ah, okay. Because, like, so you got liberal. I mean, you're off on the weekends unless you're doing a field operation. Like, you're not, it's a nine to five at that point. You're not gotcha. fucked with that to a certain extent unless you mess up. Then you have your instructors get on you. But, like, people are treated like men. 
you know, boot camp is the where you break them down. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and mold them a little bit. But school of infantry in your school, I'm like, this is what you're going to be doing for the next four to eight, whatever, how many years. This is where your job is. And I think um, I started getting the camaraderie and the, and the brotherhood more in school of infantry than I did boot camp. Boot camp was just like survive 13 weeks. Okay. My black ass didn't know how to swim. <laughs> and I got there and I was like, I'm not, rot- I'm not, I'm not rotating out. I said, right. I ain't freaking starting over again. I was like, I'm going to learn today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. You know, um, I've never been a great swimmer. Um, I heard y'all talking about that shit on the TikTok that one day when that motherfucker said white, uh, that black people couldn't swim. I was dying. That shit had me laughing y'all. Well, but, the thing uh, is the way he was coming out. It was the delivery. It's the opportunity. Exactly. To See the way that homeboy was delivering his message was coming out very retarded. So yeah. uh, there's no other way I could put it. It just came out retarded. Yeah. But um, yeah, and, and it's exactly that. It's the lack of opportunity because some of the fuckers live in landlocked areas and uh, they don't have swimming pools. They don't have ponds. They don't like some motherfucker put on there like don't have you guys don't have access to a river or a lake. No motherfucker, we don't. You know, I live next to the beach. New York. What, Hudson but, River, like go to Hudson, like Hudson River, all the bodies. The mafia I grew up, I, bro. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. The beach ain't nothing but a fifteen minute drive. Go but to LA same, River. Nah, the beach. We have the beach, like Santa Monica and all that <laughs> shit. The thing is though, to get there. All right, because it's not like my parents are going to fucking be like, oh, yeah, let's go to the beach right now. Nah, man. I mean, my parents work, you know, and um, well, you think I'm going to catch the RTD to go, go to the beach? Hell nah. Anyway, but I feel you on that. And plus, I was scared of water because I didn't want to drown. Long step, but that's another story for another People day. People yelling so, at you. Yeah. <laughs> if that's your first introduction to, like, free swimming and someone's yelling at you and you and you got the mind fuck of, like, yeah. yo, I'm going to be stuck here. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, no. And so... I mean, to me, like the, my biggest memory from boot camp or basic training was a uh, goddamn gas chamber. I will never forget that shit because Joe Sarn Schlotthauer said, are, uh, not Schlotthauer, Showmaker said, are you going to die? No, but you're going to wish you were dead because goddamn it, every breath you take, it's like you're dying. God, I hated that shit. Hmm. What about you, man? Like, um, Aside from the swimming, what were some of the, the impacts that uh, stayed with you? I just, I felt, I know, I like I said, before boot camp, like I said, everyone had a path. Everyone felt like they had some, like they already knew their life was planned out. They're going to go to college and then they're going to be successful here. And then like me, I was kind of winging it. But when I got to boot camp, I felt like I had a, I think I, I felt like I had, I got that path. I felt like I had, I like, I felt like I was on par. Like, I'm going to get out. I'm going to, ha- I'm going to wear these alphas. I'm going to wear these dress blues. I'm going to rock this shit. I'm going to go, hey any woman's mind at that at that mindset at that time you know <laughs> like don't worry hey they gonna love the freaking dress move i'm just gonna walk in like freaking major pain <laughs> right <laughs> yo y'all do have the best looking motherfucking uniform i ain't gonna lie man now y'all do have the best looking uniform um dude one thing i trip out on you guys is um you guys have a lot of pride in what y'all do you know mm-hmm. we were talking about mill talk earlier hunt and i about how we see a lot of motherfuckers that are out there bitching and complaining and then doing the uniform are all the majority army. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I, I don't think I've seen any jarheads on there in uniform disgrace their uniform or the Marine Corps in that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it personally, but then again, no, no, I'm, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I think it's because more there's more of you guys. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, is like... um. At the same time, like there's just more of you guys, and that's what it is. I, like, like I didn't really know like the size difference until like literally being 
like, hey, once you get once you get out of the schools and now you're in the real life and now you're working with other people from other uh, branches of service, like you start realizing the size. I'm like, you guys are huge, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, because and the like, core is only two hundred and fifty thousand, right? It's about about the ballpark. That's the thing. That's why it throws me off because it was almost like, hold on, hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my dogs are about to bark at a plastic bag. So, yeah, so the like. When we start, when I started like seeing how the army works, I was like, because there's so many. So like, anytime we would hear some like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Anytime I hear some bullshit going on, we be like, what branch? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like some army stuff like that. Because I was like, this is so many of y'all. Because like, like I said, when I was in infantry, uh, women weren't implemented in infantry at that time, mm-hmm. right? So, and then we heard that you guys would be the first ones to implement it, and like, so that threw me off. Like when. Hunt's talking about he's worked with women and stuff like this. So I'm like, it me off because I'm like, damn, we losing you. And I think attachments with us and stuff like older. I think we're more stubborn. <laughs> uh, and we lost you for a minute when we we got you back now. Oh, I'm sorry. What was the last thing you heard? Uh, you heard Hunt had worked with females. And then you were, oh yeah, yeah. yeah we so, got you back now. Yeah, so. so like you guys are. I always looked at you guys being more progressive, changing the old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have my opinions because on females. Army, it always seems like armies. More- <laughs> yeah, I, I have my opinions on females being in combat MOSs personally, um, and uh, I've gotten into a lot of shit for them because I don't believe they should be in in there. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying they shouldn't be there, but that's just my opinion. And um, and one thing I was talking about with Hunt as well, one thing I told Hunt as well is like, you know, it's not that they can't do it because there's there's females out there that can't do it, obviously. It's just that it just brings in more problems than we're needing, you know. And, yeah, I guess it's not the woke fucking thing to think about, but it's the thing is I, I, I would have not changed my leadership style for a female. In other words, I might not have agreed with it, but it's not my job to agree or disagree. My job is to enforce. You know what I'm saying? So if that would have been the standard, I would have been enforcing the standard of treating them like, hey, these females are going to be on here. They're our sisters and they're going to be doing everything the same way you do it. I'm not giving them no motherfucking preferential treatment. Bitch, you pack that rucksack. You carry that rucksack. I ain't helping you out. You wanted to be a motherfucking artilleryman? Welcome to the field artillery. Get your ass on advanced party. You know what I mean? But the the things that I saw, I foresaw was, um, and I'm not trying to be Nostradamus up in this bitch, but I just didn't want to see a bunch of fucking EO complaints, a bunch of, um, oh, I'm being picked on because I'm a female. And I didn't want a lot of sexual harassment shit coming up because we have a certain language that we talk when we're out in the field and people can get very uh, offended. And what pisses me off is when I hear civilians saying, oh, but we're a professional military. We shouldn't be talking like that anyway. Motherfucker, I'm going to be going to another country and possibly dying. Do you think I give two fucks about how a person speaks? No, I don't. You know, I don't have time to think about that shit or offending somebody, you know? So those were my issues with it. But those were, again, mine. You know what I mean? No, You know what? I understand it because the thing is, like, obviously, anytime someone usually... 
says in that way, most people's first reaction is like, well, how dare you? No, but actually hearing the reason why, the reason why is because you would actually have to uphold the equal standards and which goes wrong. The standard SO, the, hey, the mm-hmm. SOPs go for everybody. Equal opportunity, equal yes, opportunity. Sir. Just like getting smoke checked, equal opportunity. Well, you, you got to take it easy. This person, this person can't do up-downs with a 50 cal barrel because yeah. they are this. Yeah, fuck all that. <laughs> fuck that. But you know, not only that, to me, it 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 pissed me off because as in the infantry world, you know, you gotta be able to fucking shoot, move, and communicate instantly. Whenever it's time to roll out, we gotta roll out. Yeah. So for us in artillery, we hear march order. Once we hear march order, that means we gotta pack up everything, and get the fuck out. Now, I don't know if this is the way they did it with the females on there or not, but I could just foresee because you know, a lot of us when we would change, we would change up in front of everybody. You know, be butt naked, running up and down the motherfucking gun line, getting dressed. Yep. Yep. But with females out there, are they going to be okay with that? Or are they going to have their own special tent? Or are they going to have to? Are they going to still dig cat holes to go take a piss and take a shit like we would out in the fucking wood line? Or are they going to have their own little fucking porter johns for themselves with little showers accessible? accessible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So to yeah. me, it just I saw too many fucking changes that were unnecessary in name of equality and diversity and all that bullshit. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the way I, I got you. Talk, you know what I mean? But then again, that's why I'm not in anymore because now I'd be considered <laughs> a toxic fucking leader. So tell me about once you got to your first unit, um, how was your reception there versus, you know, again, expectations versus like what, what did you think was going to happen when you got there? Um, I was nervous about reporting in because obviously you practice, you practice it up and down or, you know, Marine, like permission to freaking come aboard, you know, whatever. And uh, I was nervous about it. Um, I, I thought I was going to get thrashed day one because you, ever, you always hear the fucking horror stories about the fleet or okay. just reporting into units in general. But unfortunately, um, that wasn't really the case with the first one. The, the reserve unit is where that came. Because when I, okay, so I was reporting into reserve unit, mm-hmm. um, E3. So, like I said, was able to finagle some shit. Uh, they and theirs was they just got back from Iraq, okay, and they were hit hard, like hard, hard, and uh, like there's even a book about it. I mean, not a book; there's even combat diaries specifically about that unit. Yeah, and uh, so their reception to anybody was kind of just like you're nothing, you're below me right now. Uh, so it would took a lot of like not just earning the trust of people, just showing that you are worth even being in the presence of people. That's kind of fortunately how they were ran. They, their mindset were running because mm-hmm. they lost 20 something people. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. of course of like a week. So, uh, and I, unfortunately I had the same name as one of the deceased. So like, yeah, that makes it a lot even more difficult. Yeah. Ah, it was, but well, the thing is it was like a hazing beyond hazing, which I'm like, I am like, I am all for initiating people, but it was right. to the point where like, like yo, you you want me to act up while in front of freaking Dick Cheney? <laughs> you, yeah. I well, literally, okay, so hold on, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a little story. So what I, the first formation I had as a unit, they I remember my team leader whispered in my ear. He's like, "Take like, what? He's like, "Take it out, take it out, you piece of shit." I was like. Dick Cheney's literally fucking giving out fucking medals here. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm. <laughs> Hold on. So let's rewind it because there was a little bit of audio issue. 
So you said Dick Cheney was there and your team leader said what to you? Take it out. In the formation. Like that. They, the, the thing is, I but I realized the psychic of it once I deployed because they were just fucked up in the head. Right. A lot of them were on their way out too. A lot of them were like freaking like two months away from getting out too. And some were just getting out because like, yo, just because of what's going on with them. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like they, you get to a point and like I said, that's the reserve side. They didn't give fuck right <laughs> but it was yeah but the thing is like i said it was a different mindset like it was like no one cared they didn't care and and it was weird that's why i said like you go from active for people like do this nine to five every day every day every day they live breathe core mm, tell me everything chesty puller would cry and roll in his grave <laughs> but then to people who they love the core as much right they don't do it all the time but now they got hit with something that don't happen in reserve units a lot to that extent. Right. And so it caused, it caused like a, like, I, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Cause I never really talked about it this in depth with it, but it caused a thing where I was like, shit, I might as well be active. Cause the, the mindset of how they are, yeah. she, even though we didn't see each other that often, like when it's, it's business formation, business smoke check. Well, you're going to smoke check me only two weekends a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it's, it's a different game. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, and you know what? You hit on something right there, though. Um, you know, being accepted into the Marine Corps, I guess, into any military branch is one thing, mm-hmm. you know. But once you start getting down to the lower levels, like to the section level, to the squad level, um, to become accepted within them as your peers, you know, especially if they're just rotating back and they've gone through some hardships. That's going to be difficult as fuck because now you got to, first of all, you're a boot and who are you? You know, you got to earn their trust. You got to earn their respect. So I could just imagine like the the difficulties (laughs) of doing that shit. So you're going to be fucked with regardless. You're going to get fucked with first of all, no matter what rank, no matter what rank, because you're, you're a non-combat deployment freaking. Now you're NCO. Yeah. I mean, and my team leaders are matching with me. Because remember, yeah. we're talking about PFCs. When I'm checking in, I'm higher rank than them who just got back. So uh, let me tell you in. what to do. <laughs> let me tell you what to do. What? Fuck. <laughs> we we. All right, just real quick, real quick for the people that are listening. Uh, we got Hunt coming in right now. Hunt's coming in, and uh, and he just he he just came back from getting some grub real quick. So, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't doubt that he has a dosekis with him, either that or Uncle Nearest, one of the two. But uh, welcome back, Hunt. Welcome back. Um, so with that, um, Hunt, just uh, just to fill you in, we're talking about um, him integrating into his um, into his unit in the reserve unit once their team was coming back or the, um, the unit was coming back rotating from Iraq. They suffered heavy casualties, so you know they kind of side-eyed him when he first got there because like, who the fuck are you? You have no bond with us whatsoever right now. And this motherfucker, why are you, why are you, bro, you sucking that shit up like some cum, dog. What the fuck? I didn't even see you. Hold on, hold on. Oh my God. Oh my God. This motherfucker looked like it was some bukkake going up in his mouth. What the fuck? He's like, just let it, just just let it run down my throat. (laughs) 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 So, but yeah, so we were breaking that. He was, he was uh, talking about us. He was talking to us about that shit. Um, So I appreciate that so far. And just so you know, we're going to be sending out another link here in a second. Uh, One about uh, another eight minutes. 
uh, to to keep running it on, re- running on with it. But with that said, uh, so you got to your unit. Those motherfuckers were psycho. Um, I think anybody that anybody <laughs> anybody that's been through any type of fucking war comes back with a different viewer mentality, and that's one of the mentalities that. I miss again this podcast especially specific for that because we as you can tell like you could talk to us about this shit whipping dicks out and everything and it's not it's not foreign to us you know what I'm saying it's like oh here's I'm trying to dick change fucking day yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know no but it's just like another fucking day like a, oh shit tell me more I want to hear more about this story versus <laughs> out in civilian we'll be like I'm gonna have to report you with human resources. You know what I'm saying? So, no, nah, yes. fuck that. I want to know more about this shit. But, um, no, nah, please let. Uh, so, did you make the transition from reserve to active duty? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Yes, yes. Active duty to reserve. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So that's why. Oh, that's why they're looking at me as an E3, E4. Like, who the fuck are you? Gotcha. That's the problem. Because the thing is, like, oh, now, oh. Because you got built, not billet yet, but you got NCO because we don't have specialist corporals. Like, you're a corporal, you're a corporal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Once you hit E4. So now they're looking at this as the fact of, like, you cannot tell us shit. Because I'm like, if I have literally PFCs under me, mm-hmm. which I'm like, hey, we're doing, even if it's small shit, like a small detail, like, hey, can we're doing, uh, like, smoke bud clean details yeah. or whatever. Pick up some shit. Who? Who, who said that? Oh, Mr. Never Went to Iraq, oh, fuck you. Like that kind of And I could get that. I could get behind that. But uh, to an extent. To an extent. Because at the end of the day, you may not respect the motherfucker, but you will respect the motherfucking rank. All right. And um, as we were talking about earlier, you know what? Uh, I'll even throw an uh a person out there, uh Smoke Chivari. Smoke Chivari was um was our platoon sergeant. We call our platoon sergeant smokes. All right, so Smoke Shavari would happen to be our platoon sergeant who just happened to be a drill sergeant, you know, i.e. what you call, is called a drill instructor, i.e. if you think about motherfucking uh, Arlie Ermey from uh, Full Metal Jacket, he's the equivalent, all right? This was the equivalent to him. This we had him at a Marine Corps ball, by the way. Let's oh, were? Oh, yeah. yeah. Bro, he, fucking, you, oh, he loved his core, bro. Oh, I'm sure he did. But I'll tell you what, uh, Chivari, he he loved hating fucking privates. So um, and <laughs> he, he turned out overall to be a cool person. But here was the issue. I was a young PFC, young private. Uh, actually, no, I was a young specialist by then when he took over. And we're getting ready to start training to build up to go back to Iraq. I had got orders to go to Korea. I didn't give two fucks. But he was trying to tell us how Iraq was going to be. That's kind of hard to tell a fucking unit that just rotated back. Uh, when, you know, we know what Iraq is going to be. And he was what we call light on the right. In other words, he didn't have a combat patch. Kind of like somebody that doesn't have a car in yeah. your motherfucking and telling you how it's going to be in a firefight yeah. when you got a car. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? So yes. it's kind of hard to listen to that and take it seriously. But I still will because uh, you are of a higher grade and position, do what I'm fucking told. At that point, if not, then we could take a walk across the motherfucking wood line or into the connexes and, uh, you know, handle that shit like men. That's that's the way it should be done. And this is coming across right now because there was, I'm, this I'm going to take it towards another topic real quick. Um, <laughs> Hunt and I, because Hunt, I'm not going to put out the, the podcast that we did earlier. I'm going I'm to drop this one instead. But... um. You know, I'll save that one as a bonus episode for for probably midweek or something. But anyways, Hunt and I were talking about this one certain female 
uh, who was complaining and bitching about how um, she's an NCO and other NCOs or other are listening to her. Yeah, something along those lines. I can't remember. Hunk could break down a little bit. (laughs) Here's the thing that I don't like. You know, if you're going to bitch about it, pull the motherfucker aside and go fight. Fight that shit out. You know what I'm saying? That's all you got to do. You know, but no, we're a professional army. We are in the profession of killing. That is our fucking job is to kill at the end of the day. When motherfuckers realize that, that we are not. There you go. Yeah. Slide that meat up and down your mouth, baby. When motherfuckers. I'm missing out on all the good shit with him. Hold on. Oh, wait. You you ain't got all three of us up. Now I can see his up. Now I can see him. I can see him being a little nasty. Take that meat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Slob on that knob, baby. Bitch, do your job. <laughs> but now, you know, I'm all about fucking, you know, uh, wall-to-wall counseling. Or, you know, if you have to, get to the point, take the rank off, go fight each other. If he whoops your ass, he whoops your ass, you whoop his ass, you whoop his ass, and call it a day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about that no more. I understand this how okay, we see, grew up. Okay, okay. And that's what Trump, look at the way that the fucking military is now. And look at how it was back then. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But things evolve. People evolve. Like I said, bro, I got wall-to-wall counseling. That didn't mean that just because I got it that I was going to do this to another soldier. You're going to tell me some motherfuckers don't deserve it? Do some (laughs) motherfuckers deserve it or not, though? Oh, they they do. But here's the deal. You deserve wall-to-wall counseling. But now I'm at the point to where I can be like, instead of putting my hands on you, I'm going to fuck with your money. Okay. so I will fuck with your money and your time. Okay. Because that's gonna hurt you worse than any kind of physical altercation we're gonna get. Nah, but see, here's the thing. Yeah, but I, 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 you know what? I'm okay. So I always agree with them on everything. But the only thing is, I'm wor- I worry about. I don't fuck with people's money. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck with your money. Then you will be catching fucking fists then outside. You will be the one to get hands. On. <laughs> <laughs> then you wonder why you got hands on counseling because you're asking fucking people's money. <laughs> but see, oh no. Do what you do. I'm gonna fuck with your money. I'm gonna fuck with your money and your time. I'm gonna put that shit on paper. Fuck with my fuck with my you know lip. I'm gonna give you an opportunity. I will give you an opportunity to calm yourself the fuck down. But if you don't, hey, listen, man. Now I gotta fuck with you. Okay. I'm gonna show you who got the biggest balls in this motherfucker. And the minute that you try to do this shit because I tried to give you an out and you still want to press the issue, now we gotta take this shit. We gotta take this other than be on the wood line. Cause your ass finna. I'm gonna let you hit me. I'm gonna let you hit me, and I'm gonna fall the fuck out. Boom! You, you hit me. Oh my god. Oh, uh, cause guess where your ass is going? Now your ass finna go to Leavenworth. I'm gonna Damn, fuck with you, you even really, more. That's some yeah. bitch made shit right there, man. You. Oh yeah, I'm gonna let you turn in your motherfucking I'm artillery car. I'm gonna let you do that, and I'm gonna call the cops. My heart just dropped. I'm gonna let you do that shit. You see, you see, <laughs> yeah. he, he's not just appropriating the motherfucking. He's appropriating culture all the way. He went basic white. No, I'm a, he oh, turned oh, Karen. Oh, he he appropriated Karen culture. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, you you damn right. You damn right. Because we all evolved. Guess what? I would Fuck love that. to do that. But this is I had a first sergeant who did that shit. And the motherfucker got relieved. So now mm-hmm. I know one thing right now. The culture that the United States Army is in uh-huh, is to uh-huh. where we're going to do things for the soldiers. So guess what? Hold on, hold on. If you're going to. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Land your. Point I said, if we're gonna do this for the soldiers, if we're gonna do this for the soldiers, I'm gonna play the same game they playing. But I'm finna. The sphere of influence is different. So, so go ahead, hit me. We got one minute before this shit calls out, and I, I gotta resend out that link. Here's what I'm gonna say. 
the culture of the NCOs has gone to shit. Because back in the day, one NCO sees a private. All right, and we're back. Check it out, man. We're getting sidetracked a little bit over here because Hunt came over here with some woke bullshit. But uh, we're gonna go back on track. <laughs> I'm uh, usually on par with them. I mean, bro, for real, I'm usually on par with you. But when you said mess with their money, you heard, bro, you stabbed me. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm sciatic. So let me ask you. I mean, yo, you can walk away from getting punched, but don't. Now you fucked up this person's whole financial situation. Now they're getting divorced. Now they're yeah. getting cheated on because they don't make no money. You just did worse. So, so let me go ahead and bring this back a little bit to the Marine Corps mentality. Um, you know. In the Marine Corps, should you have somebody that's like you were having uh, those difficulties when you were assimilating or, you know, getting yes. into your um, how did you find or what did adapt, you have to do? And adapt what? and fucking become part of them. <laughs> become the motherfucker. Oh, you want to see? Oh, you want to tell me to whip it? Out? Oh, whip it out. What you going to do yeah. about it? Do over, over. I used to, unfortunately, I got to that point where like. I grew up with like single kid syndrome, always said, right? Where shit, I, I'll just do shit for attention. I'll do stupid ass shit. I'll do shit <laughs> and have my motherfucking. I told him my first sergeant picked that shit up on accident, and I was like, oh shit. So when I've got a little story, this is how this is how fucked up with this. I did, and I would not do this unless I adapted to the mentality of these people. So we had this thing, shit dog. Afghanistan, we bored us out. Wipe your ass with a with a with a dollar. $20 bill, throw that shit in the middle of the fucking squad, in the middle of the fucking Connex box living areas. Yeah. See someone pick it up, put it in their front breast pocket. First sergeant did. First sergeant went down there, because I didn't see him do it. They said, he said, he went there, said, ooh, a dollar. <laughs> put that shit in his front breast pocket. <laughs> that motherfucker smelled like ass. Oh, hey. <laughs> Best dollar you ever got. <laughs> That's how I learned. I adapted to the mentality, because I was like, yo, real brotherhood? Especially the ones I knew that were not going to get out soon. Yeah. So like it's almost like what I would invest more energy into people which I know we're gonna, I'm going to deploy with. I know you're going to get out before we deploy. You know what I'm saying? It was it was kind of like I fucked with who I know that I'm going to be in the vehicle with the person I'm going to need to help if I, something happens to me. Someone who right. knows my freaking wife at the time, knows my family at the time. I kind of. I kind of adjusted my efforts more towards them because there was a lot of people where they were just like, yo, I'm out. I know y'all deploying in uh, August or whatever. We, uh, they even did a fake roster telling people, Hey, we're going to be deploying in August. Um, you can have any problems. Why a lot of people fucking put in medical shit at the last mm -hmm. second, even people that didn't deploy. So they kind of, we had a, we had, we called it the red sheet. We called it the, it was a, it was the pink, no, the pink sheet, the pussy sheet. <laughs> and ah, the pussy sheet was gotcha. anybody who said, I'm going to opt out of this. <laughs> We're like, oh, dude, I, I tell you, you we know, were grimy. I'm saying we, we, we were, listen, Marines, infantry is a, we, it's a scumbag service. <laughs> and, we, and I, and I, and, and like I said, I, I can't sit here and be like, oh, I, I was better. I took the high ground. No, I got dirty as fuck to do what I had to do to survive. Well, here's the thing about it, bro. I mean, I think that in order to, in order to, uh, to, to be in a combat MOS, as we call it in the military, in, um, in the army, you have to have a certain mentality. You know, you have to have a certain mentality. If not, it's going to break you. It's not just going to break you, but you're not going to fucking fit in. You're going to be a fucking square peg trying to fit in a round hole. And it's not going to make it. Um, and the thing is, uh, you know, we get so accustomed to it, it that when we get out, we kind of on the sidelines of shit, you know, 
we find humor where there shouldn't be humor. You know, we become the motherfuckers that don't say, I hope a motherfucking doesn't do it. We don't, we don't do that. We say, I wish a motherfucker would, you know, and um, we offend people just with our mere presence sometimes, but we get each other, you know, and that's why that brotherhood is there. It's bonded. You know, we're bonding through hardships. That hardship is what bonds us even more together, you know, but, um, you know, that's why sometimes you got to throw hands with motherfuckers, you know, and then shake hands afterwards. You know what I mean? One thing one of my chiefs did tell me a long time ago, though, was like, you tell that guy that. He tells this guy, yeah, for real. I'm falling out. No, here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 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 gonna hit every piece of furniture. You may just push me, but I'm going around the whole fucking room and I'm knocking over every fucking thing. Look, man, I'm not getting. I am not getting up until the MP show up and they take pictures of the fucking room being fucked up. (laughs) And I can be like, "Yo, I got hit so hard, I knocked all this shit over." Yo, take this motherfucker away. No, man. And then I'll be like, "Who else want to test the Dundata?" Y'all going to jail today. Look, my uh, my chief, one of my fucking section chiefs told me, look, as an NCO, if you ever get in a fight with a soldier, you better fucking win. You better win. I don't care if you got to grab them balls, twist and pull. I don't care if you got to grab a hammer and hit them in the motherfucking kneecap. You yeah, better. They ain't going to respect you unless you don't. Exactly. So um, he had mentioned to me, um, you know, because he was I think he did that shit you were talking about where he was in Bolick teaching fucking officers. And um, there happened to be a soldier of a bigger size than him that tried to punk him. And uh, so he had no other choice but to grab something from the gun and start beating the fuck out of him in the leg. Because <laughs> that's the only way he was going to win. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it happens. The freaking hand. Wait, the barrel? <laughs> no, not not. Uh, when we say gun, we mean uh, I'm talking about a cannon. So oh, we have the hot oh <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, it was probably a ramen staff. It was the only thing I could think yeah. of. You know what I'm saying? To beat the fuck out of him. I mean, he was a bigger motherfucker. Or a rubber mallet. Or, yeah. But all I know is he beat the shit out of him, beat the brakes off of him. You know, some, but you have to do that. I think that there's certain people that that's called to do. You need to do that, too. There's other motherfuckers that you could take them to the wood line and be like, hey, you really want to get your grievances out? Let's go. Well, then go handle that business, right? But there's others that ain't going to just learn like that. So, and then those others that Hunt's talking about that you just write them up. And that's cool because they're the ones that we want out. We need to get them out the fucking military because they are not going to adapt. You know what I mean? So. I, well, that's what I was telling him. Like, I've always told my story. Like, I always said it. I was, I told you before, I was a shitty ass garrison Marine. I always said I was not good at just like. Like, I always, like, my main focus was just like, yo, I just want to fucking, I want to go bang, bang. I love, I love the field. I love, up, I'm up, they see me, I'm down. I love that shit. I ate that shit up. So when it came to fucking customs and courtesies, like, I see it, I would avoid officers. I'm like, I ain't swing this motherfucker. I'm like, nah, we going, nah. Let me, hold on, I'll be, I'll be able to overhang at the chow hall. An officer, because you know the officers are beeline their way to try to get saluted, but hold on, I'm going to go this way. <laughs> I was gonna go this way. But I'm gonna go this way. Just to make sure you motherfuckers see me. We'd be like, nah, fuck this motherfucker. Like, I don't. I hated that shit. Mm. So, like, yeah, everyone's teaching has to be different. Me, it took me to just be. It just took me to freaking leave this damn country to fucking be like, hey, shit's real. Now I understand some of the fucking customs and courtesies. Oh, shit. Yeah, like um, I, I learned why we were doing the small things I thought that didn't 
matter. Mm-hmm. Now I re- now I realize why they were there in the first place. So can you I give an example? So I think the Marines is being more disciplined. I think as the Marines are being like, and this is no shade to the Army. And I and I told this story when I was a bullock instructor, and you know we had the lieutenants and you know artillery Marine lieutenants. They still came to Fort Sill to train. And when it time and when it came time to fucking you know cleaning up our fucking AO or whatever, one it was just me and my soldier, and then we would have the lieutenants. And I'd always be like, all right, I need five for a detail. I need five people to come help me do this. Oh, five to go ten. <laughs> bro, listen, I didn't have to say that. Those fucking Marine lieutenants. This is how disciplined they were. They would all be jumping up. I, hey, Staff Sergeant, I got it. I got a Staff Sergeant. What you need, Staff Sergeant? Without a hesitation. And I'm like, yo, that's the discipline. I don't know what the fuck they're feeding these motherfuckers, but they Lobster would always... steak once a year. <laughs> yo, yo, but I'm serious. Like, And when I thought about Marines from that point, I was like, yo, this is the shit. Like, the Marines' discipline that they have to understanding it's not about me. It's about we, collectively. That's the shit that I wish. Because them army lieutenants, they would be hanging back and it would always be the fucking marine lieutenants. Oh, no, no. And I'd be like, no, fuck that. It happens in the marines, but the thing is, I think marines take more offense when when you refer to another marine as being selfish. We take more offense because we always say Semper O is Semper I, not Semper Fi. Semper I. So just always you, right? Always you. Mm -hmm. And like, and like, that's, that is something it is because we, I've always explained it when I started becoming an NCO and I started explaining shit to people, literally, like, your mistakes will not cost your life. They will never, you will never be at fault and ever be at the losing end of your mistakes. It will cost someone else's life for your mistakes. For like, and I, I never understood that till deployments and stuff like that. Okay, well, this Marine didn't check some shit. And, and let's say a Marine walks by and fucking, uh, he sees something wrong but doesn't say anything, right? You're as at fault as that because you, this will, it won't hurt you. Let's say um, I was off in my, t- my debt cord timing, right? I didn't do my job right. If I'm not in the front of the stack, guess what? That's going to cost someone else's, someone else's life. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be my life. And I always tell people that. Like, that's why you got to think outside of just you. Because it won't be you who gets directly affected. It won't cost your life. It will cost someone else's life. And I think in the Marines, a lot of times they say, like, do you want to tell so set and set spouse? And they'll know the, the name of the spouse. Go tell freaking Jenny that, that Colin didn't come home because you did this. I th- but that's the thing, though, Petty. Like y'all see, y'all have that mentality, right? But it's like, even if you see this shit, like, I, and I know we're kind of going in circles, but even on Mill Talk alone, like you don't, I don't see Marines on Mill Talk doing the dumb shit that non-commissioned officers are doing, and they're not understanding. Like you said, it's not about for the Marines, Semper I, not Semper Fi. The 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 United States Army non-commissioned officers are not understanding that they. Well, you know, you know, there, there's certain standards that they're going to have. Let me see. And, and, you know, they're going to maintain a certain for, for a certain way. They're not going to compromise their integrity or their moral courage. They're like I was telling Lopez. There's only one time in the creation officer when we say we as a collective. Mm-hmm. But they but other than that, it's like this is what I'm going to do to make sure that the Joes are successful. The Joes have a comfortable way of life. But they're not understanding that shit. And for what you're talking about, like I said, with the Marine Corps and just when I picture a Marine, I picture that motherfucking dog ass motherfucker. They got that dog in them from day one. You know what I'm saying? And I picture them soldiers. Well, I'm sorry, the Marines that understand that, hey, 
he got that dog in him. We got the dog in him. There's a certain lineage that we have to live up to. It's and they don't no bitch cry complaining and saying, yeah, but it's like there's no bitching, no crying, no complaining that they're being unfair, they're living in the past or whatever, whatever. It's no, we have a legacy to live up to. Even as junior Marines, we have this. And I'm going to carry that as a certain way. Yeah. Um, like I, I was telling Lopez before, I think it's because of the sheer numbers of the Marines and stuff it is the fact that the army is so vast and so many numbers behind the army. Obviously you increase your odds of, of collective voice going out there. That might not be the voice that needs to be heard for that branch. Like I said, like and we were bringing perspective, like there's so little Marines. I think that's why there's more of that camaraderie. I think if like, let's say, let's say the army raises their, a couple of their standards up instead of the two point, you guys do uh 2.5 miles or two miles or whatever. Like if you bump it up, if you bump it up to like the three or just raise a little bit of maybe requirements just a little bit, you can weed out a little bit of that shit too. I blame the NCOs. <laughs> I blame is, all no, 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 I do. I do blame the NCOs. Um, I do. I mean, I do because like I said, it's my mindset was once I got, once I got to the, like when I got to that billet and when I got to that rank, I thought about, I always explain shit to anybody junior about this motherfucker. This, I always explain shit to them that this isn't just you. This isn't, this isn't my core. Because a lot of people say my core. And they're like, that's what people say to this day. I'm like, no, it's not yours. It's all of ours. Because before yours, it was Chessy Poolers. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was other people before this. But I just think because of there's so little of us, it makes us have, we have nothing. We have to rely on each other. Right. You know, that's why we we cut we, we have our own air. That's why we have our own seat. That's why we have we have a lot of the jobs that you guys have too to make it where we're self-reliant on each other. So, a little bit. So uh, let me talk to me about a little bit about your deployments. How was your deployments out there? Um like what did you guys do to in Afghanistan? Uh okay, so Afghan she's not home. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, go inside if she's not home. Okay. So, um, for baby, she's not, she's not opening the door. <laughs> Come on. So, um, for Afghanistan, we deployed. Uh, it was, at first, it was pretty much, a, uh, at that time, it was the reserve unit. So, we were in support of 1-9. I believe they were going to get ready for the push of Marja and Sangin, which was like the last Taliban big stronghold in, in Helmand Providence at that time. Pick a room. Pick a room. So, um, so it, that's what we were going there at first. Once we got there, we started running. Uh, we ran this new operation called Aerial Hunter. So, from us doing like fob rotations for like three three weeks at this fob, going back to Leatherneck to regear, we will be on a permanent QRF. Once mm. if we're if we're on Leatherneck for three weeks, permanent QRF. So anything help happens in this AO, we're talking about anything, we're flying out. So they tried right. this new thing called Aerial Hunter, where any high-value target that was play cards or anything, because, you know, Highway 1, there's only that, there ain't that many, there's that <laughs> one highway, you right. know what I'm saying? So we would be, we would be uh, bunked next to the flight deck. And a moment's notice, we have to be up in the air within five minutes to intersect any HVT on Highway 1 that is called. So in the middle of the night, no matter what you're doing, hey. You're going to chow, you can't eat at the chow hole. Make sure you grab the chow, come back, because you need to be on rotation. So HVT or suspected freaking terrorists or any anything that has to do with any head of a Taliban, they would freaking put us in the air ASAP. They would fly us from here. You know Dwyer? Mm -mm. Uh, Delarom? 
Okay, so uh, I think that's more of the eastern. No, I was in RC of... East. That's where I was at. So, was in RC East. Okay, so that's probably closer to like Kent. We were talking about like so from Leatherneck to Kandahar. Okay. If suspected anybody crossing that highway, we were intersected with the Ospreys. Freaking land. We have one land behind the vehicle, one land in front, bag and tag, give them to the people that don't wear uniforms. If you know what Damn. I mean. Yeah, yeah, I got you. The ones that wear fucking uh surf shorts and flip-flops. <laughs> yep. That's what so that's what we would do. So like our uh, I mean, I ran when we were there, we did a personal security detail with uh General Petraeus. He was okay. doing he was he we went to that's the thing, they didn't even tell us what town it is. I got I think it starts with a P, but it's on, on the farthest farthest east side of afghanistan it was like a city so i'm not used to this i'm used to mud huts wadis i'm used to this yeah a full-fledged city and like we don't know what's going on he's meeting with elders and we found out that you know i mean it's, it's classified but they were eavesdropping on the country next door so yeah that's it was j because jtap was freaking uh joining with us so there was you know you know what you know yeah because like, i was over yeah i was besides, over that, was yep i was over at jaff and fucking um so from Jaff, uh, we were stuck at uh, this one fob called Gambary, where all we did was teach these fucking. We started up the first army. What is it? Afghan Army Field Artillery Training Center. It was something to be very proud of. It was teaching monkeys how to shoot fucking artillery, bro. It, it was stupid. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a. It was a. My, that's why I say my mission was completely different than a lot of motherfuckers, because a lot of my cats that I was with, they were at like Cop Joyce. Or they were over at Monty, or they were over at Metterlong. I've heard, I've heard Metterlong. Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, so, there's some of them. That's why I was like, I was like, I was. That's why I say the I say the freaking camps I know. You know, I'm like, I don't know these camps. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, there's so many camps out there, all overspread. You know what's crazy is Afghanistan is such a beautiful fucking country, though, bro. Like, I, I did you go to Bagram when when you landed? Did you land in Bagram? No, we straight Leatherneck. Leatherneck okay. had a flight deck at the time. So when we went to Manus, when we got to Manus, and then um, which is in Kyrgyzstan, we stayed yes. there for a week or two, yeah. right? I, I went there. Oh, I love that. That's the, oh, the, yeah, the base of the Himalayas, man. Yeah. Uh, know that. Yo, <laughs> didn't it trip you off seeing motherfucking Chinese that spoke Russian that were Muslim? That shit All threw me off, no. bro. <laughs> bro, no, no, be no. Before that, I was up in Eastern Europe. Before when I was Georgia, with Georgia, so I was used to that. Ah. I was used to I was used to Asian speaking Russian. <laughs> That's I, I, right. Get, Genghis Khan, hey, that blame that on Genghis Khan. Of why there, why Asian? There's a lot of Asian people that speak Russian. You right, you right, you right. <laughs> but fucking up. No, what I tripped out on was when I got to uh to to we flew from Manus over to Bagram. When we got to Bagram, and saw those mountains, bro. Yes. I mean, it blew my fucking mind. Like the mountains that we have out here are nothing because these motherfuckers are like, I mean, it's like motherfuckers could have resorts out there, you know. Yes. Unfortunately, they want to kill us and take our heads off. But I mean, it was beautiful out there, bro. I, I fucking, I, I loved it out there. Aside from you know, the the work that we have to do. You can but, do um, backpacking now if you want. Shit. No, I'm good, baby. I'm good. I ain't doing any shit. I did see some shit though on fucking. It tripped me out. I saw this shit on the New York Times or something on YouTube where they're having like fucking trips to Iraq, bro. Like you know, for motherfuckers to go out there like like fucking full blown touristy shit out there in Iraq. Yeah. I don't know how comfortable I'd be with that. You know, I get it that the motherfuckers that went to the Vietnam War, they'd be doing that shit. 
I'm not 100% if I'm Yeah, ready. but the thing is, like, they do that shit, like, 40 years after. Like, yo, hey, hey, most of the people most of the people you have, uh, have troubles with are usually probably dead. Not the freaking, uh, <laughs> yo, not forget people want to do a fucking anime revenge right. saga right here. Like, yo, you remember me? Yeah, I'm for good. real, right? Let's say, hey, yo, let's wait about 20 years. Maybe we can go down there. We'll no, 20, 30 hey. years, yeah. yeah Let yeah. them all die out, bro. I dude, have to I- hide, hide our freaking tattoo, our moto tattoos. <laughs> for real, dude. I still got my fucking American. Uh, infidel on my wrist, but fucking, you know what's crazy? Yeah, they didn't pick my ass. I had it on the inside lip, but you know, a lot of people did that. Get yeah. on the inside lip because yep. it goes, it fades away, and I was like, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> dude." So I remember when we did QRF, uh, it was a lot of downtime, a lot of downtime because the way we did our rotations. Um, this is my first deployment to Iraq in 0506 with Hunt. Um, we had different rotating missions. We would have our main effort, which would be, you know, taking fucking trucks from point A to point B in Iraq. Then we had our different ones, which would be like FOB security, which was basically just fucking keeping the FOB safe. And then yeah. we had the QRF, which was a different one where, you know, you were just on call. Like you said, you know, once there's something pops within your AO, you want it. And then yeah. um, so a lot of downtime on QRF. And basically, but like you said, nobody could leave that area. We were all in a different little area, our little fucking uh, different part of the palace. We would get our child, bring it over there and just wait for, you know, the call to come in. But what we did a lot was sleep and watch movies and shows like um, are there any specific shows or like that you watched while you were there? Like that you remember it was either that or a lot of beating our meat and talking to like, you know, well, you know what? Probably both of those. So here's the one thing about me. I always said that's why anybody who might be able to recognize me if they if I, if I say this. So I became a connoisseur of pornography in Afghanistan. Ah. So flash drives, obviously, you know, you're not supposed to be having that, right? So I would mm-hmm. have it shipped uh, the ah. the external hard drives, right? I would yep. categorize. I probably had over two thousand videos. I had I even categorized them, where I literally would have company commanders come in like, hey, I need to attach my, I need your, I need your your uh, external hard drive. They came. They called me the smut peddler. <laughs> At that time, I was corporal smut peddler because literally we have XLs. We literally have brass coming in and be like, "Yeah, I need this." I'd be like, "Up, like, okay, what category do you need, first sergeant? Okay, what category do you need, Gunny? You know, no one wants to look at each other in the eyes. Just like you had a peep show. He's like, "Help!" Yep. You're like, um, <laughs> "Okay, so we, we want you want Asian? Do we want Asian and a racial? What do we want here?" Okay, <laughs> well, I have it broken down. Over two thousand movies. I. That was my specialty. <laughs> Bro, you were that fucking, you were like in the old video store. You were the, the area behind the fucking bees. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was the bees. <laughs> the bees. No the Holy <laughs> Shit. That was the smut. I was Corporal Smut Peddler, man. I Yo, like I'm telling you, if I'm not a vehicle commander, hey, if I'm not on vehicle command that day, because I'm uh, let my freaking sergeant, my boy, JD, he's not with us no more, freaking, uh, He's not. If you wanted the day off, I'd be field commander. If not, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to think about categorizing, trying to advertise my shit. Because hey, eventually you guys start making money <laughs> yeah. off of this shit. People charging me twenty dollars <laughs> yeah. a pack of cigarettes. Now well, I'm gonna charge you for this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, listen, it's funny that you say that, right? My last deployment, I was up in in Kurdistan in in our bill, right? So we would do. It was supposed to be three months in Kurdistan, three months in uh, Mosul, in our bill. Like my last rotation of our bill, like I was just like not doing shit, but I was in, I was moving shit. I knew when the soldiers were getting things in from the TCNs and I would be like, nah, listen, you got to pay a piper. 
Like mm. I want some of the shit that you're getting in, the, the alcohol that you're getting in. And and in turn for that, I'm gonna make sure that you know when the room inspections is, I'm gonna make sure that smoking the LT don't fuck with you. You got my protection. And now here's the kicker. I still would give kickbacks when there's a certain indigenous, because we're gonna be politically correct. We know an indigenous guy that lives in California, not, not California, but Colorado. He was with me. And there's a Laotian cat that was with us too. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. So, like, we literally, like, it was him and this, it was, so it was the, the guy that lives in Colorado, myself. There was a dude from Mississippi. He was in golf company and another fueler from golf company. We went out and we got booze ourselves. So that was cool. We didn't fuck with each other. But when I say them soldiers had to pay the piper, I had to get a cut of what they had coming in. <laughs> like, gonna yeah, I'm going to make sure you're protected. But they know you're going to fucking take their money. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No, no, they didn't have to give me money. You just had to give me the booze. You had to oh, give me a okay, certain okay. percentage oh, of the bottles out. that you yeah. had coming in. Alcohol free for fucking uh, <laughs> alcohol free for nine months. I, yeah. Uh, uh. Bro, I was just living off my grizzly wintergreen rippets. <laughs> Those little rippets we would steal from the chow hole. You get a freaking whole pallet full of the rippets, throw in the freaking back of the vehicle. Those little small miniature rippets. Yeah. Lip Let me bro. tell you about an Article 15 that happened because somebody was drinking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, let, let, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, <laughs> so, I caught an Article 15 over what y'all call NJP. Um, because, well, um, I got a little um, a little too fucked up on moonshine. Um, so long story short, I didn't know what moonshine was. I had heard of it. But uh, our old combo guy, Roberson, um, he happened to come back from leave. And um, he mailed himself some moonshine in a Listerine bottle. And he put food coloring in it. And um, Everyone I does the Listerine bottles, yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And um, I bought it from him for $20 for uh, half a bottle of Listerine, the big one. And um, I didn't know it was going to fuck me up the way it did. So I started mixing it with Rippets. That's why when you said Rippets, bro, I'm all about them Rippets, baby. I mixed it with Rippets, just started downing that shit. Next day, I missed movement. Um, and I woke up hours, hours later, still drunk as fuck. And... Um, yeah, I got lucky. I didn't lose rank. I uh, I got 45 and 45, which is, you know, 45 days restriction. I'm in Baghdad, bro. What am I going to be restricted? Uh -oh. to? You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, we didn't have any discipline. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't. I haven't seen any disciplinary actions for, oh, done in oh, no. country. <laughs> I, I got 45 days uh, extra duty, though. That I did feel. Because they had my ass taking down sandbags, rebuilding the motherfucking sandbags. And um, the worst part is, remember I told you we were doing rotations. So we do our main effort, then we do QRF, then we do FOB security, right? During this time, I was our, our, our time was for QRF. Oh, no, yeah, for QRF. And we had to do what they call rhino runs. So during the QRF, what you would do at night was we would go and clear what's known as Route Irish most dangerous six miles in Baghdad. We had to uh, clear it from uh, the IZ down, which is the green zone, all the way to the biop, which is the airport. We had to go make sure it was clear for IEDs because the rhino buses were picking up State Department people and bringing them back and forth. And they would only do that 
around one, two in the morning. So I worked from 1800 to 1159.59 or 2359.59 on extra duty for 45 days and 45 nights. And then afterwards, I would go out and route clearance. So I had no sleep, bro. I was dying. I was fucking dying. And this is at that point, you're danger. I don't know bro. that at the same time, it puts you it actually puts everything in danger by doing that. Oh, bro. I was in full kit doing this shit, too. All right. It's not like I got to downgrade my gear. I'm on extra duty. And so I'm in full kit, full battle rattle like a motherfucker. But I will tell you what my saving grace was. <laughs> I was a PFC when this happened. All right. I was a PFC. <laughs> and I got 45 extra days of duty, 45 days fucking of um, restriction. But my rank was only suspended. So in other words, um, I couldn't I wouldn't get demoted, but I couldn't get promoted. All right. So but get this. After my 45 days, I was only going to be flagged for a total of three months. This is prior to my two year mark at two years in the army. You automatically get E4 if you're an E3. I was an E3 PFC. So at the two-year mark in November, bam, got my E4 because I wasn't flagged anymore. So I still made my rank on time. And I still, you know, uh, I still moved up even though I got my Article 15. Bro, I was on my way to becoming Sergeant Major of the Army. I had the DUI, the fucking Article 15. I had the motherfucking divorce, the bad credit. Oh, what's going on, little man? Little girl, I can't tell with no dating. You know, I can't tell. I can't tell. I saw half the face and long hair. So, <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. So yeah, those were my days. Uh, so we got drunk out there a lot. We did. We did. Even in Mosul, we drank. Um, I don't know how y'all didn't do it at all. Y'all, that's that discipline. That's the discipline I'm talking about. Because, Bullshit. Like, you know somebody was getting. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Somebody was, but like. I know for my first two deployments, so I did four deployments to Iraq. My first two deployments, I didn't do shit. My third deployment, I drank a little bit. My fourth deployment, I was drinking a lot. Like fucking the triple canopy guys were actually getting cocaine, getting, well, should I say powder, to the fucking captain. He didn't give a fuck. And, and here's the deal, too. I would also, the cut that I would get, I would give to the captain. So he was literally like the mafioso. He was like the fucking mob boss. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so everything got to go through fucking him because he protected everybody at the end of the day. So he would get his cut. I would get my cut. The soldiers would get they have a little fun, too. But it was it was it was our bill. Everybody knows our bill. It wasn't shit like they were not going to fuck with us in our bill. So, so our like, bill, everybody was down, bro. Over there. Just hey, think I'm, of I'm sorry. I'm sorry. to end it. I got to I gotta head out there. Oh, you're good, there, brother. But I appreciate you having me on. I Like I said, just. Just hit me up ahead of time, man. I can get I can get, I can get more time in. They're just they're getting wild here. I got today. you, man. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk right. later, and um, I'll definitely you know we'll definitely link up again, man. Because right. this I this, this one was all over the place, so I don't even want to put this one together. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> put it together. Good. I appreciate you, Petty. You have a good one, man. Enjoy your weekend. All right, brother. Uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead and uh, handle your business because now I got to figure out how I'm gonna put we all can this finish. together. All right, bro. Just let it. Just let it fucking flow with like, all of it. All the fucking. Well, I would say do what you. Well, just let it flow. All right, fuck it. The I'm gonna put them all can. together. I'm gonna put them all together. It's gonna be like a three-hour episode. So we'll see whoever watches. This is a special. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it is. Was a special episode. This motherfucker went all over the place, man. Oh, it's I'm good though. It. You gotta you gotta say shit up, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. I actually liked it, man. A different perspective. We started off with our shit. We got the jarhead up in here. I fucking like the way it, I like the way it was, man. Yeah, I did too. And joking and shit. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's just like um, I really wish we would have had it from the beginning because then we would have had a whole perspective on everything from the NCO Creed all the way through. You know what I'm saying? Um, but uh, yeah, overall, I think it went great. I, I really enjoyed this episode. I mean, shit, we're talking about three hours here that we've been on. Because we started about what twelve thirty? Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. It has been about three hours. And I had to take a little sabbatical to get something to eat. <laughs> it's all gravy, baby. I got to go check on some people out here, make sure they're still alive. <laughs> Full disclosure, you know, uh, the old lady is in bed, sick. Fucking. Uh, oh. Then the three kids oh, are well. over here. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, should be all right. Then the three kids are over here. I, I bought them some little Caesars to, you know. By the yeah, way, when did it. when did Little Caesars stop being five dollars per large pizza? I don't know because it used to be five dollars a pizza, pizza, but uh, everything's anymore. going up. Man. Yeah, everything done I, I, up now. I kind of fuck with Little Caesars. Uh, I haven't in a while, but yeah. Matter of fact, we're still gonna talk offline. Maybe tomorrow or something. I know it's gonna bring it up, but we'll talk offline tomorrow or Tuesday about some more shit, man. Yeah, I got you, man. God damn it! Let me wrap this shit up, bro, because I need to go take a smoke. I need uh, my 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 lungs are calling for a new port. So, with that said, everybody, I hope y'all had a great time. I got to figure out how to do this shit. And if y'all enjoyed this one, cool. It's gonna be like a Joe Rogan long episode. So, I hope y'all enjoyed it. And if y'all didn't. Tell me why you didn't enjoy it so maybe I can fucking fix it, all right? Other than that, rounds complete, end of mission, gun line out. Go to fucking TikTok, like and follow King Virgo motherfucking 82. And yeah, like and follow on the gun line podcast. Make sure you do that. Which is O-T-G-L underscore podcast, all right? Go find it. It's on the gun. It's O-T-G-L underscore podcast. Go follow it. I need a thousand motherfuckers so I can go live so I can get canceled within three A's, all right? With For that real. being said, <laughs> I love y'all. March order, motherfuckers. I'll catch y'all later. Deuces. <laughs> later.